SureHealth is proud to announce the addition of family nurse practitioner Erica Faber to our primary care team in Badax. So Erica, what made you choose family medicine in primary care? I like family medicine because you really take care of people from birth until death. I think it's great to see them grow and learn and really be able to see all aspects of their life. The benefit of having a primary care provider is not only for chronic disease management and acute illnesses, but I think most importantly, preventative services. Some of those services might be like breast cancer screening, screening for depression, diabetes. And I think the importance of that is so we catch things early so it's more treatable and we can improve health and wellness overall. And I really like Sure because, I mean, they don't put a price tag on patients. They don't expect me to see a certain number of patients. And I like that because I think that's a good way to provide high quality care. To make your appointment with Erica Faber at Sure Primary Care Badax, all you need to do is call 989-623-9300 or just go to sure.org slash badax to learn more. Sure. Better health. Better life. The WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Banke, and Kendall Anthes. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services. The MHSA playoffs are upon us, and for the rest of the way out, it's win or go home. Tonight, the Sandusky Wolves and Kansas City Red Hawks go head-to-head in the first week of the postseason. Good evening and welcome to the Division 7 District Semifinals on the WLW Sports Network. I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for tonight's broadcast. Alongside of me as a true professional, even has a license to prove it, please welcome Dave Hanson. Uh, thank you, Clark. Again, always good to be back here in Cass City. I uh, like a second home. They always treat us so good. And... Uh... But based on this weather, I can't wait to see what happens in this game today. For the fifth time in nine years, the Wolves and Red Hawks are meeting in the postseason. The Red Hawks may have taken the last three, but it's always a hard-fought game with the outcome decided in the depths of the trenches. Tonight should be no different. No, no doubt. Two very similar teams, physical up front. It'll be a run-heavy battle. Low-scoring, low tight matchups seems to be the theme with these two teams. The Sandusky Wolves enter tonight riding a two-game win streak, blanking Carroll and taking care of USA to ramp up the regular season. But the Wolves are just 4-10 in, in postseason play all-time. With that said, Sandusky finds themselves back in the playoffs for the first time in three years. Yeah, they lost a very athletic class a couple years ago, and then the last couple years, not so much. But uh, they have some good young talent. They have a couple coaches in the background that doesn't get enough credit that has improved the overall skill of this team. And uh, this team's on the rise right now. On the other hand, Cassidy begins their 10th straight postseason run, having made the playoffs every year since 2014. Red Hawks come in battle-tested, especially after last week's 22-21 victory over Michigan Lutheran Seminary on the road. They return home to Kansas City for the first time in three weeks tonight. Always good to play at home, but uh, winning a game like that leading up to the playoffs, I mean, MLS is a playoff-caliber team, and it's nice to carry that momentum back home into your first game of the playoffs. It's Sandusky at Kansas City with the winner advancing to the district championship in Division 7. Before we kick off the postseason, we'll host our media roundtable, take a look at other area games, and take a deep dive into the game of the week. It's Sandusky at Cass City on the WLW Sports Network.
Tonight's presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Agar Valley Services. DF Services of Cassidy for all of your grain handling needs. Got a radiator and air conditioning of Maddox. Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns. North Star Bank, guiding the way. Countryside Transportation. Here on Auto Parts, Hills and Dales Healthcare. More Motors of Carroll. Iowa Beach Community Hospital. Thumb Bank and Trust, community strong since 1895. The Michigan High School Athletic Association and Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Anger Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to AngerValleyServices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyright presentation of Thumb Broadcast and Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction with the express written consent of the WLW Sports Network is strictly prohibited. The regular season is officially behind us, and it's on to the playoffs. Not only is the journey over for some of our area teams, but it's also the end of the 27-year history of the Greater Thumb Conference. Since its creation in 1997, the Greater Thumb West was won most, excuse me, Greater Thumb East was won most by Harbor Beach, who ended up with 10 titles, followed by Ubley at 7, Deckerville at 6, Sandusky 4, Croslex 2, and Brown City 1. In the Greater Thumb West, Reese actually had the most of any team of the division, with 11 Greater Thumb West titles, followed by Lakers with 8, USA at 7, Cass City 4, Vassar 3, and then Bad Axe and All Saints, each with two titles. Beginning next season, the Big Thumb Conference will take center stage, with which the North Central Thumb League and Greater Thumb Conference will be brought under one roof of management while adding Millington. Of those teams, 11 of them are in the 2023 playoff field. Millington in Division 7, along with Lakers, Cassidy, and Sandusky. In Division 8, Ubley, Harbor Beach, and Marlette are still dancing in the postseason. Then in the eight-player playoffs, Brown City and Kingston made it to the 16-team Division 1 bracket, while Bay City, All Saints, and Deckerville are in Division 2 of eight-player football. Tonight marks the start of my 13th postseason run with you on the WLW Sports Network. My name is Clark Ramsey, in case you didn't know. And to my right for now, 12 playoffs has been Dave Hansen. I do know, Clark. Okay, uh, uh, just checking. And, uh, yeah, for the last 12, it's been a lot of fun next to you. So I'm hoping for uh, a good run here. we got lots of uh, quality teams in the playoffs and wish them all the best uh, on their endeavors here this season. This is an assumption-free zone, Dave. You should feel safe. With Dave to okay. my right for the last 11 years, Doug Cole sat just to my left as our Director of Sports Information. Each and every week, Doug runs the roads from Livonia, Michigan for us to keep track of all of our real-time offensive, defensive, and team stats throughout the game. After a week off, on duty, on tour in Savannah, Georgia, welcome back to the airwaves, Doug Cole. Thank you, Clark. Uh, it was a great vacation in Savannah. Uh, too bad I missed a uh, good game last week, but I had a great time in Georgia. It's all at playoff time, and I'm excited. Good to have you back. Welcome back, man. Always good to have you. And, uh, you know, the folks in here in Cass City love to, love to have you as well. And so how was your write-up and where would you stop? Uh, my write-up was great. It's uh, Especially during the fall with uh, the leaves uh, changing, it was a great drive up. So I stopped at uh, Cass Tavern. It was delicious. Had a hamburger and french fries. But the most important thing about that was Mark, who takes care of the uh, field here at Cass City, paid for it. So I was really appreciative of that. And thank you to Matt Prescorn for that. Uh, picking up the tab for Doug Cole and dining with Doug. Does it get the Doug Cole seal of approval? Absolutely, 100%. Fantastic. Does it get the Matt Prescorn seal of approval? 100%. Oh, all right. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll get a plaque. You two shaking hands. Absolutely. I like it. I'm down. I like it. The, the bearded. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, so dining with Doug can continue for another week as he travels the countryside and finds the local eateries and gives the Doug Cole seal of approval only when deemed appropriate. 
If Dave is to my right and Doug to my left, somewhere in between would be Dan Benke, our spotter in the best spotter in the business. Doesn't matter where the ball is or how thick the trenches may be, Dan is able to see through the tackles to relay all the action back to us. Welcome back, Dan, once again. Hey, welcome back, guys. No uh, speaking tours. Um, had the day off, getting ready for a golf tournament tomorrow I'm running. so Not, not a golf tournament, the golf the tournament. The golf tournament, yes. The, the Arctic Open, also called as the Shiver Open, because it's probably going to be a little chilly tomorrow. <laughs> not like today. Not like today. Yeah. Yes, it's good to have you back. Two weeks in a row now. Two weeks in a row. Wow. And then there is the top student of the Dan Bangy School football spotting, our intern from Northwood University, Kendall Evis. In addition to achieving all of our broadcast intangibles, Kendall is now responsible for our social media, updating Twitter throughout the entire game. Kendall, welcome. I'm glad you could make it to this far land of Cass City this time for you. Yeah, I had to travel the far distance of uh, about eight miles to make it to the field today, but uh, I'm very excited for this one. Uh, this is actually the first matchup I ever uh, covered over in Sandusky, actually. That was the first time I was with you guys. Oh, that's right. So, about a year ago. That was when uh, you were on the far right corner of our booth, and if you looked anywhere beyond the 50-yard line, you saw a wall. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. And, and that I was on the stairs. Yep. And Dan, Dan Banky was on the stairs. <laughs> Folks, if you thought our broadcast was interesting on radio, you should see it in person. That is a whole different game there. Well, tonight we officially begin the road to Ford Field, and tonight it's Sandusky and Cass City. We are 46 minutes away from kicking things off, and you'll hear all the action right here on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. When we return, we'll host our media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services. Listen to the WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app on your Apple or Android device. Listen live worldwide at WLWSports.com. And now also listen to us in replay in podcast form. Go to our website, click on the replays tab. You'll find an entire game replay as well as a full stat summary as well as a drive summary. And wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Kendall Anthes, Dan Banky with your call tonight from the coziest booth. In the Great Earthum Conference, Cass City, Michigan. It's now time for the Media Roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than the north end of Ubley at Thompson Chevrolet. Find new roads. Join me today via a text message from the Huron County View. It's the Connor Stallions of the Media Roundtable, Paul P. Adams. Our Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole. Our intern from Northwood University, Kendall Anthos. The top spotter north of Waldron, Michigan, Dan Banky. And the defending champion of the Media Roundtable, Dave Hanson. Through the end of the broadcast season, we keep score of our game's predictions, and when that time comes, we will deem a media roundtable winner. In last week's broadcast, Dan Binky was the only one to brave enough to correctly pick the Harbor Beach victory, securing his second victory of the season in just one game behind Dave Hansen. We could have a shootout for the 2023 Media Roundtable Championship. Nice pick last week, Dan. We were all big fans of. We were all hoping you were right, uh, and, and you definitely were. They Harbor Beach played an outstanding game against. You know, I just had a hunch. I thought they're hitting their stride. They're, they're playing solid defense, really coming through. And, and you know, their offense is hit or miss still, but uh, they do have the potential to hit something big. I have a theory. Recent Dan Banky's been gone so much. 
He's, he's been, scouting. He's scouting <laughs> in person. He's been he's an in person scouting deal city. <laughs> yeah. Just for that but, game. But, yeah. uh, but if he's not getting paid, is it okay? <laughs> I, I have my, my crew out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's with he's, cell phones. <laughs> He's Venmoing six dollars a piece for people to go into these games. I think it's seven now. for his sake of scouting for spotty for both, us. both sides of the field. Yeah, fourteen. That's that's how seriously we take our broadcast, folks. That's what it means to us. We go in the hole just for you. So how it works: each media representative picks a winner and a final score for this week's future game of the WLW Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner, then I, Clark Ramsey, will graciously. Except the victory for the week, which has not happened this year yet. Everyone has had, we've had at least one correct every game so far this season. Since Dan Banky won last week, he will go last. So tonight's order is Kendall Anthus leading things off, followed by Paul P. Adams, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and then Dan Banky. Kendall Anthus, the tea is yours. Well, here we are. It's playoff time. I, uh, I think the Cassidy offense tonight comes back after uh, kind of being shut down last week. Didn't really move the ball, scored late uh, to get that win against MLS. Um, I think they're going to come out firing on all cylinders tonight. Um, and if I don't make this pick, I may not have a bed to sleep in tonight. Okay. Um, so I'm taking the Red Hawks, 30-14. to 14. Cassidy by 16 points, 30-14 to 14, according to Kendall Anthos. The Red Hawks take the victory by 16 points in advance to the district championship. Paul B. Adams, he is at the Harbor Beach Marlette game tonight in Harbor Beach. So he submitted his pick just a moment ago. He said Sandusky and Cassidy are ready to add another chapter to their playoff rivalry. This will be the fifth postseason meeting between the Wolves and Red Hawks since 2015. Generally, these games have been extremely close, with Cassidy holding a 3-1 edge over Sandusky. I expect the same. These are the words of Paul Adams. Paul Adams expects the same tonight with the Red Hawks earning a hard-fought victory. Cassidy 24, Sandusky 18. So Paul P. Adams taking Cassidy also. And Cassidy winning 24-18 by six points. Dave Hansen. Well, I, gentlemen, I agree. I think this is going to be a, a lower-scoring, tight ball game. Uh, unfortunately, one touchdown and two touchdowns are already picked, so it makes this a little bit of a challenge. But uh, my question is, is what, what is the urgency that Cassidy has? Uh, I thought they had uh, an opportunity to showcase their skills with Ubley without their quarterback. They absolutely got run out of the gym. They go to MLS, and they, they struggled, but they found a way to beat a playoff team. Uh, I'm hoping that they, that is enough for them to kick it into gear. This Sandusky team, nobody expected them to be here. They are playing on house money, so they're going to come out playing tough, but I, I'm going to go with the home team one more time. I, I find myself picking Cassidy again. I'm going to go a little bit higher yet. I think they get a late score to put this one away in 24-6. to six. I think they'll move on to the next week. 24-6, to six, so you're seeing by 18 points. The Cassidy Red Hawks over the Sandusky Wolves by 18 points. So three in the book's Forecast City on three predictions. Now we're on to Doug Cole. Well, it's great to uh, not pick first uh, for the first time uh, this season. Well, I guess technically last week I didn't Very have true. to. But um, I agree with uh, Dave, Kendall, and Paul. I think this will be a low-scoring game. I think Cass City will control the time of possession with uh, running. And uh, I was impressed with a couple of uh, the runs uh, Sandusky had against Harbor Beach with uh, Rinky and Kraus. However, I think this Cassidy uh, defense will uh, stay tall and uh, play uh, play good defense. I have Cassidy winning this game, twenty-two to twelve. Twenty-two to twelve, so by ten points. So everyone's kind of honing in on the same area there. Doug Cole taking Cassidy to win over Sandusky by ten points, and that leaves Dan Banky. 
Oh, but, all right, guys. I, I had a number. I actually sent a text to Clark, my pick, because I wasn't sure if I'd make it on time, but I did. So now i got to redo some math here. But uh, I agree with these guys. I think, uh, I think these teams are both equally matched. They run almost the same offense, most generally. Um, Sandusky may pass the ball a little bit more. Um, but I think it's going to come down to who can make a mistake, and I think Cass City will force the mistake to secure the win. Um, and I have Cass City winning. Okay. 28 to 6. 28 to 6? Yep. So by 22 points, <laughs> taking the over suddenly. Okay, so the experts have spoken in all five taking Cass City, <laughs> which means I have Sandusky by default. Good luck, gentlemen. We have the low end. We have Paul B. Adams taking Cass City by six points, 24 to 18. Doug Cole taking Cass City by 10 points, 22 to 12. Then we have Kendall Anthes taking Cass City by 16 points, 30 to 14. Followed by Dave Hansen taking Cass City by 18 points, 24 to 6. And Dan Banky taking Cass City 28 to 6 by 22 points. Good luck, gentlemen. And now let's take a look at other area games going on across the region. We'll start out in eight-player football. Flip the page, Dave. And we have a few local teams. Brown City playing tonight against Carson City Crystal. 9-0 against 8-1. Carson City Crystal lost last week to Fulton by a touchdown. Otherwise, eight straight wins. Brown City, their first perfect regular season since 1992. Lost in the state semifinals a year ago to Martin, who was the eventual state champs. And Brown City hosting the Eagles. Yeah, and we do know that Brown City's a little banged up, but uh, this Green Devil team has found ways to win uh, in good weather, bad weather, good teams, bad teams. They find ways to win. They play good defensively, and on a night like this, their offensive playbook is open to anybody, so I think they overcome. Uh, it will be an uphill battle without one of those starters in there. Give me the, give me the Green Devils at home to advance. On the other side of that bracket in Region 2, we have the Kingston Cardinals hosting the Merrill Vandals tonight. Kingston at 7-2, Merrill at 8-1. Merrill's only loss this season was to Carson City Crystal. 45-30, they beat Weberville 46-14 last week. Kingston fell short to the perennial powerhouse of Adrian Lenaway Christian last week, 48-28, for just their second loss of the season. Yeah, but that, that's a good showing there. I mean, Adrian... Lenore question is a that's uh, a real deal. That's a that's a powerhouse and a household name. Uh, probably favorites to win that division as well. But uh, I'm going to take Kingston. I think at home they're dynamic enough offensively to outscore uh, the Vandals of Merrill. So give me the uh, give me the Cardinals to win that one. In eight player division two, these are the smaller schools. Just one local area's team, and that is the Deckerville Eagles hosting Morris tonight. The Eagles against the Orioles. We saw this matchup a few times. Back in the NCTL. Whatever division it was at that time. I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, you're right, it wasn't white. Can't remember what it was. But Deckerville put up 74 points against Peck last week. Have won three games in a row since their loss to Kingston. Morris lost to Merrill by a score, and Portland St. Patrick by another score. Otherwise, seven wins for the Orioles. I'm going to go with the respect that Portland St. Patrick is very good in waiting the winner of this game. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit. I, I actually think Morris is going to take care of Deckerville. Oh, tonight. you're saying Deckerville loses at home tonight? To Morris, you got okay. it. Okay, all right. We move on now to Division Eight, the smallest division in 11-player football, but perhaps one in of the most hard fought. And we have the Ugly Bearcats, the number one seed in district number two of region number two, hosting the Burton Bentley Bulldogs. It's nine and zero against seven and two. I'll be looking to begin their fifth straight year of making it to the semifinals or beyond. They beat Montrose last week, 41 to 15. Bentley, after a one and two start to the season, they have rattled off six straight victories to make their way into the playoffs. Yeah, and that's a, it's a pretty tough draw for them. You kind of got to throw their record out. Uh, 
if you're seven and two and you're barely the four seed in your division, that tells you a lot of your competition, who you played. Uh, and the Ubley Bearcats at home uh, have just been untouchable the last handful of years. Uh, Ubley will take care of business here. I assume even put a running clock up on the Bulldogs. And on the other side of that district, the Harbor Reach Pirates hosting the Marlette Red Raiders. This is the game Paul P. Adams is at tonight. Marlette enters with a four-game win streak, have allowed just six points in the last two weeks against Reese in Waterford, Our Lady of the Lakes. Harbor Reach was tied with Lakers entering the fourth quarter, but won by two touchdowns and then a com- impressive victory last week against Beale City at home, winning by nine points. Yeah, a rematch of a, of a, se- a match earlier in the season. For me, this comes down to one thing. Does Harbor Beach have a hangover, or do, did they finally reach a higher level of a potential and take that momentum into the playoffs? We will find out in the result of this game, but I will going to assume that that win against Beale City is just the beginning for Harbor Beach, and they will take care of business and beat the Red Raiders. First time Harbor Beach and Marlette faced off, it was 22-6. to Harbor Beach winning that one. It was 22 nothing before Marlette scored late in the fourth quarter. And on the other side of the bracket, we have Michigan Lutheran Seminary at New Lothrop and Fowler at Ithaca. That's the other side of the region. Moving on to Division 7, 11 player football. The Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers roll into Millington to take on the Cardinals in a home-home series this year as Lakers and Millington open the season with each other in Lakers, now in Millington. Lakers snapped a two-game losing streak with a 24-14 victory over Badax to secure a playoff berth. Maddox beat USA last week, 44-28, concluding a three-game losing streak. Yeah, this this game was ugly the first time around, but uh, to be fair, uh, new offense uh, without Wisner featuring Jay Sears. Uh, they were able to kick a field goal early, but that was the only points they were able to score. I know Sears isn't healthy. This Lakers team is better than they were in week one, even if they're banged up, but this is a, just an awful draw for them. i got to believe that Millington will, will uh, eliminate the Lakers tonight. Uh, again, rooting for the Lakers, but that's a, that's a bad draw there for them. And I'm curious why I just talked about Badax for a moment there. It's because I didn't update my sheet. So that is why I said beat a, Badax beat USA two weeks ago. To conclude a three-game losing streak, Millington undefeated their 30th straight year in the postseason. Uh, that's uh, again, Millington is they're for real. They're a powerhouse. They 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 have some young kids that are still great. They have a good class of seniors again this year. They've been on the team for a while. They are fully loaded. Again, it's a it's a bad draw for Lakers. Uh, I wish they were healthy because I think a rematch would be a little bit more fun. But Jay Sears is not healthy. I'm sure he's going to give it his all. But that Millington team is very good. And the winner of Lakers and Millington will go on to play the winner of the game in front of us here. Cassidy hosting Sandusky and all five of our experts taking the Cassidy Redhawks. Anywhere ranging from six points all the way up to 22 points. It's time for a short break. When we return, we will break down our first game, our first team of the night. That'd be the way team, the Sandusky Wolves and the WLW Sports Network. We are just under a half hour away from kicking off the postseason on the WLW Sports Network. It's the start of the postseason, and you're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Kendall Anthes, and Dan Banky from the friendliest co- booth and coziest booth of the Great Earth Conference in Cassidy, Michigan. 25 minutes are left before we kick off the playoffs, and let's talk about the Sandusky Wolves. Despite what feels like a long history of football success, the Sandusky Wolves have surprisingly have had limited success when it comes to the playoffs. In 10 postseason appearances, Sandusky has just four total wins and just one district championship, which came back in 2015. 
The good news for Sandusky fans, the current head coach, Craig Jacobson, is responsible for three of those four wins and all conference conference hardware as well. Yeah, and he's got a prestigious background, right? 11, co- 11 years as head coach, won 61 games, lost just 43, winning 58% of the time. Uh, got his start under a very famous coach, uh, assistant coach, for Jack Dillon in Ira Beach for his last two years. Eventually went over to Yale, was an assistant there before uh, teaming up with uh, his old high school teammate, Bill Sweeney, uh, over in Ubley for a little bit. And then eventually in 2012, was uh, took over for the Sandusky program, who hadn't won a Greater Thumb Conference since 20, 2004, has won it, won it three times in his first six years. As a descendant from Jack Dillon and Bill Sweeney's coaching tree, it comes as no surprise that Jacobson's teams at Sandusky have a focus on running the ball. This season, through nine games, the Wolves have rushed the ball for 2,500 yards on 382 carries, an average of just over 6.5 yards per carry, and 280 yards per game. Commanding that offense and orchestrating the fakes, handoffs, and everything in between would be the junior play caller of Tyler Bush. Yeah, he's got 41 carries, 170 yards on the ground, two touchdowns against Harbor Beach, one of the leading rushers. Uh, He was nine carries, 44 yards. Uh, Through the air, he's actually attempted 43 passes, only completed 14 of them, but does have three touchdown passes. And he's more of a distributor. Of the, of the ball in this offense. They have some good weapons, and I like when they use Tyler Bush occasionally. He's not a guy you want to overuse or overexpose, but he does a good job of managing the offense, getting the ball to the right people, and if necessary, he does have the ability to make a play with his legs. We've seen Sandusky open up the playbook and install a wrinkle into the wing tee with some jet sweeps in addition to their power run. Leading the way for the Wolves is a junior fullback by the name of Carter Krause, who has rushed for over 1,200 yards this season, nearly half of the entire team's rushing stats. Then there's a pretty steep drop-off to Jackson Ranky and Chase Green, who have combined for 800 yards together in 10 scores. Yeah, it's absolutely number one, number two, and number three in that order, and it's Carter Krause is your lead back. He is the guy that's going to see probably close to 60% of the workload uh, as long as he's out there. Again, just under 160 carries on the season, 1,200 yards, 18 rushing touchdowns. Uh, he's had, If he scores at least two touchdowns, they tend to win the game. Uh, but Jackson Ranky's next. He is the guy that gets the a lot of those jet sweeps. He's a, lot, he's a little bit smaller. He's the guy that attacks the outside. Uh, he's got 100 carries on the year, 678 yards and seven touchdowns. And then Chase Green, a sophomore, is really the change of pace back. He's had some moments, but uh, again, his role will be very limited. Change of pace style. He's got 35 carries on the year, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. For Sandusky's aerial attack, the Wolves have brought in 14 passes for 250 yards and three scores, all thrown by Tyler Bush. Bush has four main targets he has thrown to, with Danny Tovar leading the way, followed by Jackson Ranke and Ethan Viscogliosi. Yeah, and no surprise that a, a new quarterback, junior, his favorite target is a tight end, right? So Danny Tovar is that bigger body, that guy that he likes to throw to, especially in the red zone. Uh, again, has five catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. He by far leads the team. Uh, and again, the, other, the only other guys with two catches or more would be Jackson Ranke and, and Ethan Viscogliosi. Both of them go for big plays. Like Jackson Ranke only has two catches, but they combine for 80 yards and a score. So again, get those playmakers in space. I don't care if you dump it off to them or, or throw a jet sweep or a screen pass, got to get him in space and loosen up that tough defense in the middle. That'll help eventually open up the running game as well. With Sandusky's 6-3 and three record, it's quite apparent in their offensive and defensive averages this season when comparing their wins and losses this season. Yeah, when they win, they score 36 points on average and allow just 10 points on defense. But in those three losses, <clears throat> Marlette, Harbor Beach, and Ubley, they only scored 18 points and allow 39. 
Keep locked on your home for high school football. Up next, we'll discuss Sandusky's foe for tonight's district semifinal, the Kansas City Redhawks. It's on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network. Seventeen minutes stand between us and the postseason, and you're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Kendall Anthes, and Dan Bank with your call tonight from Cass City, Michigan. As a nearly full moon rises in the east, it's a beautiful night for football. We'll get to the details of that in just a moment, though. The last time we saw Cass City this season, they were securing their fourth Greater Thumb West title in six seasons. With a 7-2 record, the Red Hawks finished perfect in the West standings and fell short to just ugly in Harbor Beach in their regular season the top two teams in the Greater Thumb East. Now Scott Cuthrell is set to begin his 13th playoff push for Cass City, looking to secure his third district title in school history, all of which have come in his tenure. That's right. Uh, in 21 years as a head coach, 211 games, he's won 123 and lost 88, winning 58% of the time. Uh, finished 5-5 five and five in the last two seasons, uh, losing in the first week of the postseason. But uh, he won two districts and two regionals, dating back 2019-2020. And both years... Uh, have had to go through Sandusky at some point to get here. Carter Patrick has been a household name in the Kansas City area as a star of the basketball team for the last three years and starting quarterback for the last two seasons. Now a senior, Patrick has expanded his command over the offense and understands what the Kansas City coaching staff is looking to achieve on the gridiron. Yeah, no doubt. He missed a couple weeks there with a broken finger, but uh, as their their senior leader at six foot 175, plays defensive back, 46 carries on the season, just 135 yards. Again, a, mostly a distributor of the football and offense. He's not the rushing threat. Um, he did have 13 carries against Harbor Beach out of necessity, scored a couple times, but he's 23 of 46 passing through the year. No, no interceptions, 54% completion percentage, just over 400 yards and four touchdowns. He averaged about 57 yards a game, and I think that's important to note because that, that is a that's something that they need in this offense. They get a little stale. They get a little slow. Uh, they, they need that passing play, that big play to uh, back up the defense, move the chains, and then give that offense more more momentum, and send a spark to the running game. Cass City surpassed the 2,000-yard mark last week with their hard-fought win against Michigan Lutheran Seminary, 22-21. In that game, the Red Hawks only rushed for 169 yards, but a huge night for senior fullback Landon Schott. As the team's leading rusher with his success, so goes the success of Cass City, it seems. Following Schott is sophomore Riker Wallace, then Cole Lenhard and Cohen Sherman. As a team, the Red Hawks average 5.8 yards per carry this season. Yeah, Landon Schatz, one of our one of our favorites to watch. He's, he's that fullback style right up the middle, ground and pound. He had 110 of the 169 yards that they were able to incorporate against MLS last week. Uh, 590 yards rushing, three touchdowns on the year. Uh, it's actually been Riker Wallace's backfield. He's kind of took in, taken over as a sophomore. Uh, the bigger playability, he's got 100 carries, over 500 yards rushing, nine touchdowns on the year as a sophomore. And then Cohen Sherman missed uh, most of the season, about five weeks with that broken arm. Uh, he's had 40 carries, 258 yards, and six touchdowns. 
he has added a spark to the offense, brings a little more speed, a little versatility to attack around the outside where Wallace and Shot tend to be between the tackles, guys. And then your change of pace guy who filled in for Sherman uh, when he was out was Cole Lenhard, a very capable guy at 40 carries, 270 yards, uh, a few touchdowns, about five touchdowns on the year. Uh, again, these they all average about the same, anywhere from five to seven yards. They all kind of do the same thing, but their roles are very different and very crucial to moving the chains for this offense. In the passing game, Cassidy has thrown for 443 yards and six touchdowns on 25 receptions. Tyler Kumper is the de facto target for Carter Patrick, bringing in over 75% of all receiving yards this season. Yeah, he's caught 14 of those passes, 338 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, he averages 24 yards a catch. Again, there's that big playability. Flip the field. Flip the field position is huge, and he is the guy you have to watch out for in the play-action passing game. To put in perspective, his 14 catches, the rest of the team combined has only 11 catches for 100 yards and one touchdown, all being Riker Wallace having seven of those <laughs> and the lone touchdown. For a majority of the regular season, Cassidy boasted the best defense in the Greyhound Conference, but then allowed 75 points in just the last three weeks. They're allowing 13 points a game on defense through the completion of its regular season. Yeah, one of those was Ubley, though. They, they definitely got ran over there, 42 points. They gave up to Ubley, allowed three scores to, to a playoff-worthy team in MLS last week. But in nine games, they have five shutouts and two three, other one-touchdown games. Three shutouts. Excuse me, three shutouts in nine games with another two one-touchdown games. To just move. don't want to be passing on fake news here, Dave, so just making sure. <laughs> We're 12 minutes away from kicking off the MHSA playoffs. Up next, we'll do a direct comparison look between the Kansas City Red Hawks and Sandusky Wolves. It's all right here on your home, Price of Football, WLW Sports Network. It's the first round of the postseason. It's the district semifinals. And it's the Sandusky Wolves on the road at against the Kansas City Redhawks. You're listening to the WLLB Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson on your call tonight. And supporting us would be Doug Cole, our Director of Sports Information, Dan Banky, the best buyer in the business, and our intern and Director of Social Media, Kendall Anthos. As the crow flies, 22 miles separate Sandusky and Kansas City High Schools. For those of the Wolf Pack making the trip tonight, it'd be west at M46, north at M53 to M81, then head west down the hill in Kansas City, roughly a 40-minute drive. In regards to school size, we have the second and fourth largest schools in the Greyhound Conference. Kansas City, the second largest, with 308 students behind only Carroll in the conference. Sandusky at 296, according to the MHSA figures. So by going by student enrollment, it's Kansas City by 12 students. Tonight is the 49th time that the Wolves and Red Hawks have met in football, with Cassidy holding the advantage 30-17 with one tie back in 1963. Sandusky and Cassidy would play every year from 1952 to 1982, take a 20-year hiatus, and then pick things back up in 2002, playing on and off since then. This is the fifth time they've met in the postseason, with the Red Hawks also having the advantage in that category 3-1, including the last three games. Offensively, Kansas City has the second most productive offense of the 12 GTC teams behind only Ubley. The Red Hawks score an average of 33.8 per game, while Sandusky's at number five, posting a 29.6 average. So on offense, it's Kansas City favored by 4.2 points. Defensively, it's Kansas City once again with the edge, boasting the second best defense in the conference behind once again the Ubley Bearcats. The Red Hawks are yielding an average of 13 points per game, with Sandusky giving up 20.1. 
That's one defense. Kansas City favored by 7.1 points. Las Vegas has set their line for the game. They're confident line unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University and the Connor Stallions signaling in sports wagering department. Second factoring in all possibilities. Stats, injury, weather, and location. The spread for tonight's game sits at... Well, hold on. Our, our prediction was stolen. No, it's Kansas City by 12.5 points. Today is the 293rd day of the year, meaning there's just 71 days until New Year's Eve. We'd like to say hello to all of our listeners tuning in today. Whether you're on your way to the game, out running errands, perhaps you're planning out your trick-or-treating route for the upcoming Halloween holiday. Which, Dave, that leads me to this week's trivia question about roads. Oh, that's, uh, roads. that's very, very vague. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, all right, let's see what you got with roads. I'm, I'm quite proud of these trivia questions tonight, Dave, because they're very obscure. <laughs> I expect nothing less. The village of Cass City consists of approximately... 1.79 square miles with 19.8 miles of paved roadway. My first question, Dave, is how many miles of the 19.8 miles, so just about 20 miles of roads, of paved roadway in the Kansas City Village also have curb and gutter? Inside the village how of Kansas City. of uh, the paved roads, how many have curb and gutter? I would say most of them. How about uh, 15 miles? 16.7 miles, so that's about 84% of the roads have curb and gutter. According to a 2018 study found on Cassidy's Village website, completed by the Spicer Group and available on Cassidy's website, over 10 miles are city street, local streets with the remaining 6 miles on major thoroughfares. Of the remaining 3.4 miles of roadway in Cassidy, 3.1 of those are paved with one road, less than a half of a mile still consisting of gravel. Dave, what is the one road inside the village of Cass City that is still gravel? <laughs> uh, just small talking before this all started. I know it's the one right over there, but I don't know the name of it. Ah, okay, I can't give you credit for it, but yes, no, you are no. correct. Scotty McCullough Drive, just beyond where we are tonight. It's the road just on the far side of the radio tonight. And there are plans in the current five-year Parks and Rec plan to have it paved past the Helen Stevens Memorial Pool and ending at the Cass City Disc Golf Course. The Disc Golf Course was a group effort between the Saginaw Basin Land Concert Conservancy, Village of Cass City, Cass City Rotary Club, and the Penny Foundation. The road, the course is mostly wooded, consisted of 18 holes with walking trails throughout the woods as well. So, Dave, my final question. With par being 58, what is the total length of the 18-hole disc golf course in Cass City? I got you this time. Okay. So, one of the guys I work with yeah. is uh, an avid disc golfer right here in Cass City. Uh, so, having that golf knowledge in general and, and have, telling all these stories, I know that it's just over 1,200 yards. That is nearly spot on. 1,202 yards. You're two yards off, Dave. I'll give you that one to you. I know it was just over 1,200 the exact yards, but I knew it was right there. And for comparison, Rolling Hills Golf Course at the top of the hill, just up the road, is approximately rated at 2,900 yards. And speaking of the 100 yards of gridiron madness, Dave, just before the national anthem here, what are your three keys to tonight's game? Let's start with the visiting team, Sandusky. They're going to have to find a way to manufacture first downs. The last time we saw them, the offense was constantly punting and on the sidelines. So they have to find different ways to get those guys out in space and move the chains. Uh, on defense, on the other side for Cass City, I, I want to see discipline tackling. This is a this is an offense of Sandusky that's diversified the tee. They will use jet sweeps. They try to attack you inside and out with their running game. I want to see if this Cassidy defense, the second-ranked defense in this Greater Thumb Conference, can they tackle these backs? If they can make good tackles all night long, they will take care of business. And uh, as always, in this matchup, these two physical teams, it's going to be a battle in the trenches. Which, which one of these lines can hold up 
stamina-wise for fourth quarter and help their team move the football and on the other side of the ball get their defense off the field for a couple more possessions on offense. We are two minutes away, so let's uh, let's take you through the current conditions in Cassidy, Michigan. There's 70 degrees. That's 7-0 with cloudy skies. They're calling for a 17% chance of rain this evening, which has dropped throughout the day. Winds are out of the southwest at 9 miles per hour, gusting up to 15. Visibility's at 10 miles. Barometric pressure is dropping at 29.86 as there's a cold front moving in the area this evening. Dew point is at 60 degrees. It feels like it's 70 degrees out. The humidity's at 74%. Sunset at 6.30 today. And we're currently in a waxing gibbous moon phase. We have waited 10 weeks to call a waxing gibbous moon phase football game tonight. So I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful day for football. Sunrise now at 8.01 a.m. Sunset at 6.30. So on October 27th, we have 10 hours and 50 minutes of daylight. We've lost another 20 minutes from just a week ago. Cassidy won and elected to defer the coin toss to the second half. And now we listen in to the festivities here from Cassidy, Michigan, as the first round of the postseason. As, well, it seems like every time we're here, one, it rains. Two, that's not the case. But three, there's a new 50-foot flagpole on the right side of your radio tonight. Beautiful flagpole with a huge flag. They had to downsize the flag, though, tonight because it's a half staff. And the, the full-size flag was nearly hitting the ground. It's that big. So we have a smaller flag tonight. But right now, we'll listen in to the Mar Cassidy Marching Band on the field right now with the playing of our national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. Officials tonight in the white camp, Derek Woodworth, umpire Joel Barnes, linesman Jeff Pringle, line judges Casey Lanikin, and your back, job, back judge Tim Flyo. Like we said, Cassidy won the toss, elected to defer to the second half, so that means Sandusky will come out on offense. And let's meet that starting lineup for the Cassidy Wolves tonight. Your quarterback, Tyler Bush, a 6'3", 175-pound junior, the play caller under center. His backfield, one, two, three. Those are the numbers left to right across the radio as well. Jackson Ranky, 5'11", 165-pound junior. He is number one, coming in tonight with 678 yards on the season and seven scores. Your fullback in the middle, number two, Carter Krause, the leading rusher on the team, has accumulated over 1,200 yards and 18 scores and just 157 carries this season. And Chase Green, your sophomore halfback on the right side, a 5'11", 160-pound sophomore. Number three, the third leading rusher with 35 carries for 200 yards and 
and three scores. Your center, Dawson Brown, a 5'10", 225-pound senior, number 55. To the left of him, at guard at number 52, Bryce Kiley, a sophomore, 5'10", 195 pounds for him. Left tackle, Lucas Franzel, 5'11", 210-pound senior, number 62. And the tight end on the left side, normally 26, he's number 24 tonight. That'd be Tyler Franzel, 6'1", 205-pound senior. Last time we saw Sandusky, he was out of the game. Right guard, Ian Viscogliosi, the senior, 5'11", 190 pounds. Right tackle, Brendan Esmaker, a sophomore, 6'210 pounds, sophomore at right tackle. And tight end on the right side, Danny Tovar, a 6'2", 180-pound junior, number 15. For Cassidy's defense, your linebackers, Riker Wallace, Kellen Levine, sophomore-senior combination there at linebacker. Your front line, if they're coming out in the 5-2 defense, Landon Shot in the defensive end, Justin McAlpine, defensive tackle, nose tackle, Cooper Mallory, defensive tackle, Tristan Gruber in defensive end, Luke Shearhart. Your cornerbacks for Cassidy's defense, Cohen Sherman and Tyler Kemper, and your safeties, Carter Patrick and Mason Nevick. For Cassidy's offense, starting center, Tristan Gruber, number 50, a 6-foot, 200-pound senior. At quarterback, taking snaps from Gruber would be the senior quarterback, number 12, Carter Patrick, enters tonight with 46 carries for 135 yards and five scores and is thrown for four scores through the air. In his backfield, Landon shot in the fullback, number 22, the leading rusher on the team with 592 yards and three scores. To his right, Riker Wallace, the halfback, second leading rusher with 519 yards and the leading scorer on this team with nine scores, averages over five yards per carry. And your wing back on the right side, Cohen Sherman, number one, a senior, 5'10", 170 pounds. He missed the first five weeks of the season due to injury. And already, in just the last four games, 39 carries for 258 yards in six scores. On your line, Tristan Gruber, left guard, Cooper Mallory. Left tackle, Ryland Cruz. Tight end on the left side, Tyler Kumper. Tyler Kumper, of course, leading receiver with 14 receptions for 338 yards and five scores. Luke Shearhart, your right guard, right tackle, Justin McAlpine, the senior, and your tight end on the right side, six foot five, tall glass of water, 205 pound, Carson Anthus, brother of Kendall Anthus, of course, number 33, and a junior with Cohen Sherman as the wing back on that side. Dave Hansen, first thoughts. Oh, first of all, I, I can't believe this is an October football game here. The weather is absolutely beautiful. Uh, the field obviously is in great shape. So uh, as a, we finish the uh, starting lineups here and the field, I look forward to a great football game. Uh, chances are it's going to be very close. Should be a battle in the trenches, potentially low scoring, physical contest. Field position is going to be everything. And if you can find a way to move the chains uh, and, and keep the other team's offense off the field, best chance to win. Cass City comes out in their home uniforms. It is the maroon jerseys. Cass City across their chest in white, white numbers, white pants with a new helmet this year, white helmet. CC on the right side, numbers on the left with a traditional maroon stripe down the middle with a white face mask. Sandusky in their white uniforms on the road, black pants with black numbers, red outline with a ombre effect, black helmets on the top, fading to red with a wolf claw, clawing out the helmet on both sides in red. 12 minutes around the board, Riker Walls kicks off right to left across your radio, comes in at the 11-yard line into the hands of Jackson Rinke. Cuts up field, breaks out of one tackle, tries to cut up field, and he slips down at the 19-yard line. And we're going to give Jackson Rinke his own tackle on that on special teams. So it'll be first in 10 for Sandusky, left right across the radio from their own 19-yard line. Yeah, drive-by there. There was a special teamer there, number one, Cohen Sherman, drove by and, not, and just kind of knocked him off balance. And as uh, Ranky tried to continue going, he wasn't able to keep his footing. So a, a nice kick, not a super long return. So it's a long field for the road team here as Sandusky Wolves take over at about their own 18, maybe 19-yard line. And they'll start out in the standard, the wing tee. 
One, two, three in the backfield. Jackson Ranky, Carter Kraus, Chase Green. Play clock down to close to zero, and it's going to be a handoff to Chase Green. He pushes the pile forward all the way out to the 25-yard line for a six-yard gain on the first play of offense as that uh, was well covered. We could barely see the ball carrier up here. Give credit to that in front, of right front line of Cass City. We'll give it to number 62. That was Callan Levine, linebacker. Yep, uh, that makes a ton of sense as he is the linebacker over there. But again, hustling up, getting in the tee. Chase Green is on the right side. He takes up. He watches all the fakes. He's the last guy to go through right to left, attacking between the left guard and the left tackle. Gets six on first down. Yeah, out of the tee once again this time. It's a handoff to number three, Chase Green, in the same exact play, same exact result, except this time he moves the chains with him as Landon Schott finally chases him down at the 37-yard line. So a heck of a run there from the 25 all the way out to the 37 for a 12-yard gain. First and 10, Sandusky. Yeah, again, Chase Green's the change of pace back, right? So he should definitely get the first two carries of the game, take it for 19 yards, and, and move the chains for Sandusky. Again, starting out the tee, they're going to line up mano a mano, man-to-man. They're going to try to push this Cass City defense back, this number two-ranked defense in the Greater Thumb Conference. So far, they've gotten the win with two early good runs. Bush under center, hands it off immediately, this time to Carter Krause, and he goes right into the trenches and gets out to about the 39-yard line for a two-yard gain as linebacker Kel Levine brings him down for just a modest two-yard gain. Second down, eight to go. Actually, one-yard uh, one gain. Second down, nine to go. Yeah, that's a favorable, favorable one yard for Kraus there. There wasn't much going there. The defensive line read that gap well. And that time, no fakes. Just drop back straight. The first fullback is to go through is Kraus. He, they try to get a quick hitter there right up the middle and nowhere to go. Very little gain on that play. It's a handoff this time to Chase Green. Breaks out one tackle. He has a cross midfield, and he's finally tracked down from behind at the 45-yard line by Tyler Cumper. Finally tracks him down, but there's a flag back in the trenches. Looks like the flag was actually picked up or just a play in our eyes here. So regardless, it sticks, and Cass City in now on with their hands on their hips. Sandusky's into their zone. First and 10. Yeah, Chase Green so far with three outstanding runs in this game. They they work off of Kraus, work off of Ranky, get Green the third option. He goes right through that left side again, and don't be surprised he gets many more carries moving forward here. Carter Kraus gets the handoff and another chunk play here for the Wolves to start this game. He's all the way down to the 37-yard line before he's brought down by Carter Patrick out of the secondary. That is a gain of six. Second and four, upcoming for Sandusky. Yeah, not, nothing out of the ordinary here. We've, we've seen two plays so far. You've seen Chase Green go from right to left, and you've seen one basically draw, just a straight back dive from the fullback. Those are your four plays or five plays so far, and uh, it's been the Chase Green story here on the first drive. It's a handoff to Carter Krause. Goes into the trenches, gets out for one hard-fought yard. Forward progress regardless for Sandusky before Dylan Berger. Defensive end, sophomore for Cassidy out there at the moment. Brings him down for just a modest one-yard gain. Third down for Sandusky's third down of tonight, third and four. Yeah, very nice uh, defense there by Cassidy, finding a way to stop. They've done a good job with Carter Krause, but they've had no answer now for the Chase Green run to the left, and it's only a matter of time for Ranky gets one to the right. It's a handoff this time to Chase Green. Tries to run out one tackle, punches it outside, and Sam Cassidy's there to rip him down. But a flag flew as the tackle was occurring. This could be a face mask. Tackle was made by Cass City's number 12. Carter Patrick ripped him down for no gain. But this might become in a face mask against Cass City. So regardless of the stop on third downs, this will be a new set of downs for the Wolves. And this is going to be the 15-yard variety. 
That is a, that is a brutal penalty for Cass City. They finally... Personal foul, face mask on the defense. 15 yards from the end of the run, first down. There you have it. Uh, that's a very costly penalty because that was going to bring up fourth down at about two for Cass City. They finally stopped the chase green run, forced him outside, and that's when the defensive backs cleaned him up. Bush gets the handoff, and he hands it off to number one, Jackson Rinke. Lowers the shoulder and might get out to the 20-yard line when he started at the 21. Tackle made by Tristan Gruber, defensive tackle, as well as Luke Shearhart, defensive end in there for the Red Hawks. Second down, nine to go from Cass City's 20-yard line. Uh, good stop there. They've been waiting for Jackson Ranky to get his turn in the carry, and Cass City not falling asleep, staying in their spots. Doesn't matter if Ranky said one carry or ten, they were ready for it. And now again, we'll see who Sandusky works it to this time to try and get some of those yards back. You know how we're in now you know how we know we're in Cass City? It's starting to rain here. Second down and nine. It's a handoff to Carter Krause, fighting with all of his might across the 20 and finally down to the 19 of Cass City. Cass City's Kel Levine linebacker, senior, brings him down for a gain of maybe two on the play, maybe three. Third down in mid-range, third down in seven. Yeah, this is four-down territory, so I, I just I continue to expect Sandusky to run the football again. Try to get three or four yards, make fourth down manageable, keep the playbook open uh, to anything they want to use. But it starts right here on third down. If they can get half four yards on this play. They will, we will have a very interesting fourth down play right out of the gate here in this game. Third down, seven to go, seven and a half left in the first quarter. Still no score, and we have a flag flying, and it's going to be a false start disco night early in Cass City. So instead of a third and seven on the Wolves, it's going to be a third down and 12 if this is indeed a false start. There's a signal. Yes, it is. So push back the away team five yards. You hate to see those types of plays, especially for the road team in the playoffs, but that's what happens here. That ball, false start on the offense, five-yard penalty, still third down. Yeah, those are tough breaks. You got it, Clark. Again, a face mask earlier helps the defense. Now, all of a sudden, the, the false start now forces third down and 12. It's a little different scenario. It's still fourth, four-down territory for a wing T offense like Sandusky, but now there could be potential for maybe a little play action, maybe a, a dump off pass to your to your favorite tight end there. Um, we'll see what uh, what the coaching staff has, especially Coach Jacobson has in mind here. Wing back to the right, Tyler Bush looking to pass. He has to scramble. He's got blue or maroon jerseys all over him. Throws it down to the end zone. This one is in double coverage. It's nearly picked off, but dropped in the end zone. Carter Patrick had it two yards inside the end zone, and he knocks it down. Cannot bring it in. And now it's going to be fourth and 12 for Sandusky at the Cass City 23-yard line. They need to get down to the 11-yard line for a first down conversion, 22 yards, 23 yards away from the end zone. I'm not surprised Coach Jacobson rolled the dice with play action, but I, I know for sure he did not want his quarterback to heave a ball up in the end zone no. like that. He wanted to dump off the Jackson Ranky, something out, try to catch him in the sideline and maybe get upfield and get seven or eight yards. That was well covered. In all reality, folks, Carter Patrick's got to pick that ball off. It was floating right into his arms. He just completely missed it right through his arms, hit him in the jersey, and right to the ground. It's going to go down as a deflected pass, but he is uh, having nightmares about not picking that one off. 6.59 left in the first quarter, 0-0. Kaseneski on a fourth and 12 from Cassidy's zone. Throws it downfield. This one is overthrown. Pass was intended for Danny Tovar. Carter Patrick was there in coverage, and now there's a flag in the backfield. Back by where the quarterback threw that pass. Is this going to be a roughing the passer? That's about the only thing it could be that far back. It's going to be a hold. <laughs> That's the only other thing. It could be a hold on the running back is what it is. 
Holding, number three on the offense. That penalty is declined. Very First good. down this way. <laughs> I was going to say, if they do not decline that, might have gone to the Marty Morningweg uh, School of Football there. <laughs> so it's a turnover on downs for Sandusky to start this game and they give the ball back to Cass City with 6.53 left in the first quarter. Or I should say, as the scoreboard shows, the zero quarter. First and ten, right to left, cross your radio for the Cass City Red Hawks. Uh, good opening drive by Sandusky. Penalty there, the false start really, uh, really hurt him there. To dial up two pass plays in a row, they go incomplete, but Cass City's defense stays unblemished there, and their offense is going to come on the field. A reverse to Tyler Kumper. He's out for the running and gets forced out of bounds at nearly midfield. They say he stepped out of bounds. Forced out of bounds by Jackson Ranky at the 47 of Sandusky. So that started at the 23-yard line and results in a 24-yard pickup for Tyler Kumper in the very first play of offense for Cass City. 0-0 game. Yeah, big run there. Cassidy again starts with the wing tee and instantly goes with a reverse. Uh, misdirection, so to speak. Tyler Kumper goes from left to right. Across the play, gets it around the edge, and Sandusky completely fooled all kinds of running room, and Jackson Rinke saves a touchdown on the first play of the game. It's a handoff to number 22, Landon Schott, and he gets out for a good-sized yard across the midfield all the way to the Sandusky 48-yard line. Tackle made by Tyler Franzel, linebacker senior for Sandusky. Second down, four to go for the second down, three to go for the Red Hawks of home team. Yeah, that uh, that's ball spotted well short of where I where he was actually tackled there, the running back. But uh, Landon Schott's one of our favorite guys to watch. Uh, he didn't get a ton of carries last time we are here. Disappoint us, but he is fun to watch. He is good in between the tackles, and he fights his way for seven on first down. They hand it off to the outside to Cohen Sherman. He tries to get somewhere, and he's going to be brought down for a tackle for a loss as Danny Tovar, cornerback, comes in and makes the stop in the backfield for a yard loss. So it goes from a second and three to a third and four. Forecast City at the Sandusky 49-yard line. Still no score. We're halfway through the first quarter, 0-0. Nice job by that Wolf defense. Danny Tovar, again, plays tight end on offense. Uh, he's excellent throwing the ball, pass catcher, great hands. But his instincts are none, are second to none as he's able to come up, read the play, take down the running back as he bounced it to the outside for a loss on the play. This time, Carter Patrick hands it off to Riker Wallace. He fights for his life, and he gets out for two maybe yards out to the 47 of Sandusky before he is upheld by Ethan Viscogliosi, starting defensive tackle and a senior. Stops him two yards short of the line to gain. Fourth down and two for Kansas City. More than likely, they'd have to go for this one. Uh, they're, they're already in Sandusky territory. I, I got to believe with two yards to go, you got to trust your offense to get that done. Um, I would certainly go for it, but we'll see, uh, we'll see what Coach Cathrell has in mind. Looks like they transferred three players onto the field. Less than five minutes to play, and now we have a whistle and a timeout called by Scott Cuthrell and the Red Hawks. 0-0 ball game. 4.55 left in the first quarter on the WLW Sports Network. Are you ready for it? Four fifty-five left in the first quarter. Looks like Cassidy's finally to raise start this fourth down play. It's fourth and two. They showed signs of punting earlier. Now it looks like they're going for it. From the Sandusky 47-yard line, coming out in the old traditional eye. Two linemen for lead blockers, and it's a handoff to Riker Wallace, and he's going to be very close to that 45-yard line. It all depends on the spot. Both side judges are coming in right at the 45. Perhaps one of the most beautifully painted lines I've seen in the entire Gertham Conference here. 
And if they spot it where they think this is just this side of the 45, I don't think Cassidy got it. It's going to be very close, and they're going to have to bring the sticks out, but I think this is a turnover on downs. I'm no ophthalmologist or optometrist, but I think that's my my stake on it. <laughs> uh, based on where that football is, I, I know that the ball is on the white sea, which blends into the 45-yard line, but I think that football's short of the 45. If that is the case, this will result in this game starting with two turnover on downs, one for each team. But if Cassidy can get this by nose of a football, it all depends on the, on the chains here. As they pull the chains out, this one is short. Short by that much, and Sandusky comes up with a huge stop on defense. And it remains a 0-0 game with Cassidy's offense coming up empty-handed and a turnover and downs to start their first play and series of offense. Sandusky back on the board, on the field, I should say, leading and tied 0-0. Yeah, another good defensive stop on a short-yarded situation. Uh, it did they did exactly what they needed to do, and actually they gave a big play on first down. If you remember, Cass City got seven yards on first down and could only find a way to get two yards on their next three plays. That's uh, that's outstanding defense starting with the trenches there for Sandusky, especially after getting burned for 24 yards on the first play. Handoff to Carter Kraus for Sandusky to start this drive. They can get out for maybe a yard or maybe two yards out to the 47. Tackle made by Cass City's Tristan Gruber, defensive tackle senior, six foot, 200 pounds, as the rain starts to fall. 4.32 and counting here in the first quarter. Yeah, it's it's starting to rain well now. It was just a light drizzle. It's coming down pretty good now. And that's going to that's gonna not change a ton for these two teams because they're going to continue to keep it on the ground most of the day. If it affects anybody, though, I think it affects Cass City because they are not afraid to let Carter Patrick throw it at any given time. Sandusky only threw it on the last series because they had third down and long. It's a handoff to Chase Green. And he's going to be stopped in the backfield for a loss of two on the play back at the 44-yard line. Tackle made by Cass City's Tristan Gruber for his second straight tackle. Third down and long here for Sandusky at their own 44, third down and 12. Yeah, so they stop the, the play you got to stop, and that's Carter Krause right up the middle. Forces second down and long. So Sandusky goes right back to the Chase Green handoff that's been working, and a slight adjustment there. Tristan Gruber now in the backfield makes that tackle as well. And here we are again, third down and 12 for Sandusky and throwing into the wind, into this rain right now. I don't know if that is an option. We'll see how much he trusts his quarterback as he puts one receiver to the left and one to the right with two in the backfield. Tyler Bush under center, throwing downfield, throws it down to the near uh, hash mark at the 45 of Cass City. Passes intended for Jackson Ranky, a little overthrown over his head. And in coverage there, Tyler Kumper. Good coverage there from Cass City. Incomplete. Now fourth and 12 for Sandusky at their own 44. It's one-on-one. -on -one. It's soft coverage by Tyler Kumper, giving him plenty of space, making sure he doesn't get beat deep. And uh, Ranky plants about eight yards down the field and turns his number to the quarterback. Uh, there, there's enough separation to make that throw. The timing was good, but the Tyler Bush throw was a little high and over the outstretched arms of Jackson Ranky, and then with Kumper coming in, that play falls incomplete and it's time to punt. And Tyler Franzel, the punter and kicker for Sandusky, punts this one away. He beats it down to the 25-yard line in the hands of Tyler Kumper and he's hit and met immediately 
by Carter Krause, the nose tackle on defense, to bring him down right at the 25-yard line. A beautiful punt there from Franzel flips the fields, and we still have a scoreless game with 3-11 remaining in the first quarter. 0-0, Cassidy and Sanowski, the Red Hawks back on offense. Yeah, don't underestimate how good that punt was. Into the wind, into the rain. Uh, that thing flew all the way. I, Kumper thought he had lots of room, but the gap was closed down quickly by Carter Krause, and uh, fortunate to hold on to the football there. No gain on the return, but another stop in this game, and now Cassidy's offense will try their luck here at their own 25-yard line for the second time this evening. Right to left cross your ready now. It's a handoff this time to Cohen Sherman. Around the left side, he's across the 30-yard line, lowers his shoulder, and is knocked out of bounds at the 37-yard line. As brought down by Tyler Bush, comes out of the secondary, the junior safety. Pushes him out of bounds, but it's enough to move the chains after a 12-yard gain. First and 10 for Cassidy. I like the play call. You started the game off by getting your running back around the outside for a huge start and then three straight running plays into the teeth of the Wolf defense and you weren't able to get a first down. So I like getting the ball in your speedier back and Cohen Sherman getting him around to the outside and he rewards him with a 12-yard carry for a first down. Landon Schott gets the handoff. He's across the 40 and finally ripped down and spun around to the 44-yard line by Sandusky's Ethan Viscogliosi, the defensive tackle senior. It's going to be a gain of seven on the play. Second down and three. Good run there from Landon Shaw. Yeah, very nice run. Very powerful run. Offensive line does a good job creating that hole. Gets him about three yards, but the rest is all Landon Shot dragging, dragging a couple Wolf defenders forward for another three or four. Brings up second and three for the Red Hawks. Carter Patrick settles under center. Three men backfield behind him. And it's going to be a handoff to Landon Shot. He's out for the running across midfield. Lowers his shoulder. Breaks out of his first tackle. Kind of gets a couple more yards beyond that. Out to the 47 of Sandusky before he stopped by Jackson Rinky out of the secondary. Move the chains once again for Sandusky. Or excuse me, for Cass City. Into Cass City, into Sandusky territory. That landed shot with another carry, and that's one of those where it's total misdirection. They, they show the pitch to the left, fake the run to the right, and then just a subtle little misdirection handoff as that's where landed shot hesitates, waits, grab the ball late, and then around the left side, and it turns into a nice game. Handoff to Riker Wallace, and he's met immediately by Brendan Esmaker, linebacker, sophomore, but somehow gets out for three yards all the way down to the Sandusky 44. Move the line of scrimmage forward, second down and seven. Hey, he's the first back to get the handoff. He gets the handoff. All the fakes happen after, so it's a quick hitter right between the guard and the tackle. Hit right at the line, but he's able to dive ahead, and like you said, hit at the line of scrimmage, but takes his momentum, falls forward, gets that three yards you need, second down and seven. Carter Patrick hands it off to Riker Walls coming around the right side. He has the edge, and he's going to be tracked down by Chase Green, who came out to meet him in space and brings him down for just a modest two-yard gain. He ran sideways for about 25 yards, and he gets out for two yards on that one and brings up a third down and five from Sandusky's 42-yard line. One minute left here in the first, no score. Oh, these two teams are so evenly matched. They, they have very similar running backs with very similar qualities. They go side to sideline, about the same. Like I said, just you, like you said, he's got the sideline, a chance to run, and next thing you know, Chase Green closes him out, and it's a, just a standard ho-hum two-yard play. Again, looks like he had a lot of running room, but both of these linebacking crews have good closeout speed to take away that outside edge and allow a very short game. Carter Patrick hands it off to Landon Shot. He goes right up the gut and gets out for maybe a yard out to the 41 of Sandusky, where that is where Ian Viscogliosa, the defensive end, brings him down for just a gain of a yard. Fourth down and four from Sandusky's 41-yard line. 24 seconds and counting here in the first quarter. We'll probably run out the clock here to start the second. 
facing Cass City with a fourth and four upcoming. Yeah, they do not have to run another player before the quarter's over. But, again, it, it, again, I'm in Sandusky territory. I plan on this being a defensive battle anyways. Uh, I think I might use the, the fourth quarter, first quarter break to uh, get my team together and call the play that I like. We've played 12 minutes, and no one has found the end zone quite yet in the first round of the postseason. It's 0-0. Sandusky and Cass City all tied up from Cass City, Michigan in the district semifinals. Fourth and four for Cass City at the Sandusky 41-yard line. 12 minutes before the half is over. Carter Patrick rolling to his left end, the shotgun. Looking downfield, the lefty throws it, and this one is, can he bring it in? Did they bring it in? No! Was forced out of bounds. He caught it. That was Tyler Kumper at the Sandusky 32-yard line, but caught it out of bounds. So that results in an incompletion and another turnover on downs. We've had four drives between the two teams, three turnover on downs, and one punt. Yeah, that, that's on Carter Patrick. you got to let that go a little sooner. Give your guy a chance. Uh, he throws it up there. It's a little high anyways. Good job by Tyler Kumper to go up, make the catch, bring it to the ground, but he can't get a foot in bounds. Uh, again, that ball's thrown just a second sooner. I think he's be able to make that play in bounds, but instead, the Wolves' defense stands tall, and they take over with good field position at their own 41-yard line. Right to left across your radio, Sandusky, and a tie ball game 0-0 with Cass City. In the tee, working off the left hash, right to left. Hand off to Jackson Rinke. Slips off his first tackle. Slips and pushes the tackle all the way out to the 48 when all said and done for a seven-yard pickup on first and 10. Jackson Rinke moving the pile forward and set him in second and third to go. Tackle made by Cooper Mallory. No tackle for Cass City. Yeah, that's why we said at the beginning of the game, they're going to challenge Cassidy's defense. Can they tackle better? That, that's one of their biggest issues of late, why the defense hasn't played as well of late, and that's a, a sure sign of it. You had that play stopped, and Jackson Rinke made you look foolish, dragging a bunch of defenders for an extra five, six yards, giving seven total on that first down run. Second and three. Tyler Bush hands it off to Jackson Rinke, and it's another result of the same exact play, except this time he has a first down in tow all the way down to this Cass City 47. Tackle made by Kel Levine, linebacker for senior for Cass City. Moved the chains for Sandusky into Cass City territory. First and 10, still no score, 11 minutes left in the half. You can definitely tell Coach Jacobson has worked with Coach Bill Sweeney from back in the day, because yes. if you get a big run, it is almost like clockwork that the same guy, the exact same play is called again. And it seems like it works very well every time as Jackson Ranky is rewarded with back-to-back -back carries, and he turns it in for another first down for this Wolf offense. Right to left across your radio. Tyler Bush and the Sandusky Wolves at the Cass City 48. Since a handoff to, to Jackson Ranke, lowers the shoulder out to the 45-yard line for a three-yard gain on first and 10. That is a second and seven. Bound to the pile there is number 62, Callum Levine for the Red Hawk defense, as well as Cooper Mallory. Second out and seven upcoming. Just a little bit better job each time by the Cass City defense. Three, three straight handoffs, almost the exact same play. Left to right, Jackson Ranke starts left and goes right around his right guard and tackle. That time he only gets three yards, but still, that's what you want out of the tee. Three yards or more is a win, and you run it again on second down. Tyler Bush from under center. Quarterback keeper rolls around the right side. Now he's going to run it for himself. Lowers the shoulder at the 43 and runs out of bounds at about the 41. They're going to say he was tackled inbounds. At the 40, 
I'm thinking three he's, yard I'm thinking line. he stepped out of bounds well before Must've. he was tackled out of bounds, Clark. Tackle was made by Cassidy's Tyler Cumper, the cornerback over there for no game. So third and five upcoming for Sandusky now. Uh, if I'm Coach Jacobson, I, I'm not calling that play all that often. I like the play call, but I do not want my quarterback lowering his shoulder to try to just get back to the line of scrimmage. Just go out of bounds for a loss of one. Don't take those big hits. But you got to like the passion. He tries to fight forward, gets nothing on the play, and it's third down and four. Tyler Bush under center, three-man backfield behind him. Can be handoff to his third option. That would be Chase Green. Runs, gets close to that first down marker across the 40 and lunges forward out to the 37-yard line. Tackle made by Cass City's Mason Nevick, safety junior, and move the chains a third down conversion for Sandusky. First and 10 deeper into Cass City territory. Yeah, nice job by Chase Green. He doesn't like the hole he has. He kicks it to the outside. You see Carter Patrick come up and cut him off, but gives him too much space to operate. He allows Chase Green to get to the outside, then cut in back to the middle. There's nobody coming over to help, and he's able to fly ahead, dive forward, and get the four yards he needs, maybe a little extra, but a first down for the Wolves. First and 10 from the 37 and a half of, of Cass City. It's a handoff to Carter Krause, and he rumbles down the field with three maroon jerseys on his back all the way down to the 24-yard line. From the 38 down to the 24 for a 13-yard pickup, Cass City's going to be tackled credit for Riker Wallace, linebacker, sophomore. Move the chains, getting close to that red zone of Cass City. Yeah, Carter Krause gets, gets some speed going. You do not want to be in his way, and there were plenty of Cassidy Redhawks that got ran over along the way. Uh, Carter Patrick, one of them. Eventually, Tyler Kumper comes in to make bring the tackle down, but he's hit at the line of scrimmage. That's where Cassidy has to be better, has to make those tackles. They don't, and the Wolves are taking advantage of it with all the yards after contact. Bush hands it off to Jackson Rink. He gets out open in space, and he's going to be finally brought down at the 15 of Cassidy for a nine-yard gain. Cassidy's Riker Wallace chases him down. Sandusky is slicing into this Cassidy defense so far, especially on this drive. First or second down, one to go from Cassidy's 15-yard line. Yeah, Sandusky has played well. They've driven, they drove down the field and no problem their first drive. A penalty stalled out that drive, but they found their rhythm again, and they're using all three backs now. As you see, uh, six carries for Chase Green, six carries for Kraus, five for Ranky. That say, Cassidy just doesn't know who's getting it next. Chase Green with 39 yards of the night so far. It's a handoff to Carter Kraus, and it's going to be no one knows where it's at, not even the officials. And Kraus has it down at about the 17-yard line for a loss of two yards on the play. Good stop there from Riker Wallace in the backfield. Third down, three and a half to go for Sandusky now. It's been a minute in this game since Sandusky has gone outside the box with a play call. It's standard right to left, left to right, and then Carter Kraus up the middle. And finally, Riker Wallace has enough. This is my gap. I am going in into that hole as fast as I can. I'm going to plug it up, and they hit the running back as soon as he gets the football and tackles him in the backfield for a loss. Second down now, or third down and three for the Wolf offense. Sandusky's still in the tee. It's a handoff to Jackson Ranke. Leaps over his first tackle. He has the first down inside the 15. Looks like he's down at the mark him down at the 14-yard line. Has it by about a half a yard. Tackle made by Riker Wallace as well as Tyler Kumper. And, well, according to the spot, they mark him deeper, and they're going to say still regardless, first down, another conversion for Sandusky. Move the chains, fresh set of downs at the Kansas City 14-yard line. Still no score. Seven minutes left in the first half. And a good powerful run there by Jackson Ranke. Again, he gets, gets around the edge of the line, and then it's linebacker's time to clean him up. They can't do it. He's able to bounce off of the linebacker, use that momentum, and extend his body past the first down marker and another very important first down for the Wolves. 
Tyler Bush delayed handoff this one to Chase Green. He's going to be tackled from behind by Kellen Levine, senior linebacker, but not until after a gain of three on the play. Second down and seven upcoming as there was plenty of holds all around him there, but somehow gets out for two, maybe three yards. Yeah, that's uh, Danny Tovar got away with that one yeah. as uh, he is holding the back of the jersey uh, of the guy making the tackle on the play. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, a short gain there on first down for Chase Green in this Wolf offense. Second down, seven from the 13-yard line. In deep into Cassidy territory, trying to find the first score of this game. Quarterback keeper for Tyler Busher on the right side. He breaks out one tackle, lowers the shoulder at the line of scrimmage, and he goes nowhere, and he's going to be gang tackled down. Leading the way, Tyler Kumper for City, and absolutely nothing happened on that play. No gain as well. Fourth down, seven to go from the City 12-yard line. It's good discipline by uh, by the Red Hawk defense because with how successful Sandusky has been running the football between the tackles, you would think that they'd be able to dial up the quarterback keeper at any time and get five yards or more, but no such luck. Two carries for Tyler Bush. He's able to get three yards total on those runs, and now that brings up a long ways to go here on third down. Tyler Bush under center, three men backfield. It's a third down, excuse me, third down and seven. And this was a handoff to Jackson Rank. He spins his way down to the five-yard line, very close to that very close to that first down marker. Looks like he's short just by a hair. Tyler Cumber credited for the tackle. Fourth down now, excuse me on that. Fourth down now with one yard to go. And one yard is, uh, is a lot. It, it's probably more like a football or two from the first down marker. So for, for the Wolves here, that was a great play. When you need seven yards, you can get six and almost threaten that first down. Now the momentum is still on your side. And uh, they could dial up any any play call they want here and get a first down, I think. It goes off the snap count. And this uh, this looks like uh, Craig Jacobson run the clock down and call a timeout for the last second. We're at four and a half as Tyler Bush still over on the sidelines with head coach Craig Jacobson of Sandusky. Jacobson, of course, head coach here for a number of years. 11, 11 years at the helm, 61 and 43 in that time. His 105th game at the helm tonight for the Wolves. And timeout, Sandusky, 429 left in the second quarter. 0-0 ball game. Sandusky facing a fourth and a yard to go from the Cassidy five-yard line at the WLW Sports Network. left in the second quarter. Sandusky facing a fourth and one from the Cass City five-yard line. Other area scores, Millington leading Lakers at the end of the first quarter, 6-0. Millington, Harbor Beach leading Marlette at the end of the first quarter, 7-0. Fourth and a yard to go for Sandusky. T formation for Tyler Bush, and there's going to be flags, and that's going to be a false start as the backfield had a little bit of a hitch in their step, and this is going to push back five yards against Sandusky, so instead of a, it's a huge penalty there. Instead of a fourth and one, now fourth and six upcoming for Sandusky. Dead ball, false start, number 52 white, five-yard penalty, still fourth down. I love when he gives the numbers. Snat's technically supposed to do that in high school football, but I love it. Bryce Kiley will be the guilty party there. Fourth down, six to go for Sandusky now. 
Oh, that, that is just the most frustrating thing as a head coach. You call timeout, you call your play, you get everybody organized, you get them out there, and then you commit a self-inflicted wound, and you're, you're staring on the doorstep to take the lead on the road in a playoff game, and you get a false start on fourth down and inches. So now fourth down and six. Uh, Got to change the play call a little bit, I would think, for Coach Jacobs. Tyler Bush under center, and it's going to be a bit of a broken play, and it's going to be an edge. Fumbled, and we're going the other way. Here comes Cassidy at the 30, all the way to the 40, to midfield. He's going to be tracked down knocked it, fumbled it out of bounds, but the ball popped loose, and Tyler Cumper returns it all the way to the 34-yard line. Carter Krause was stripped on the fourth down. He's going to be stopped, and then Tyler Cumper takes it from the five-yard line across midfield all the way down to the Sandusky 34-yard line. Holy momentum on, on the side of Cass City. Oh, and great hustle by the quarterback, Tyler Bush, as he's able to track him down and force him out of bounds. He actually knocked the ball loose, but because he was so close to the sideline, he just punched it out of bounds. A touchdown saving tackle by the quarterback down the field, but what a momentum switch is all of a sudden you're looking like Sandusky's going to score. They commit a false start penalty, then fumble the football, and the home team now all momentum on their side as they take this drive, start at the 35-yard line of, of Sandusky. Landon John gets the first carry, and he goes nowhere at the 35-yard line of Sandusky on a first and 10. Tackle made by Sandusky's Bryce Kiley, defensive tackle sophomore. And now second down, 10 to go. Left, right, across the right on the plus side of the field for Cassidy in a 0-0 ball game, four minutes left in the first half. Yeah, you can feel the energy here on the home side of the field pick up, but nice recovery there by the Wolf defense. Come out after getting burned on fourth down. You come out on defense after that big return and uh, get out there and stop their running game for no game. Tyler Cumber with a 60-yard fumble recovery gives him the ball on this plus side of the field. As Carter Patrick calls his own number, he gets out to about the 33-yard line before he's tracked down from behind by Tyler Franzel, linebacker for the Sandusky defense. Gain of two on the play, second down and eight from Sandusky's 33. I'm surprised Sandusky didn't burn a timeout. They had a player come running off the field, and as, as he got to the sideline, the coaches told him to turn around and get back in there. Uh, he didn't even get to his stance as the play was being snapped. Sandusky... Uh, it's fortunate that Cassidy is unable to take advantage of it. They're only able to get two yards on the play, and now it's third down and eight as we have three minutes to go in the first half. No score for either team. Third down, eight to go for Cassidy. Left right across the radio, looking to pass. Carter Patrick rolls to his left, and it is brought in by Riker Walls to the 33, and he fights for everything he's got all the way down to the 30-yard line, forced out of bounds by Danny, Danny Tovar, the senior excuse me, junior cornerback, short of the line to gain by about four, maybe even five yards. He say marked down at the 31. So not much on that one at all. Third down in, or fourth down in six for Cass City. I, I like the play call, but the defensive call was better because you put Danny Tovar in a zone defense right at about the first down marker. So he's got soft underneath coverage of number one, Cohen Sherman going down the field. So if that ball is dumped off to Riker Wallace. He's able to come from that spot and clean it up. And that's exactly what happened. They were unable to get the man-to-man -man movement. And he comes out of his position and comes up and makes that tackle for very little gain on what could have been a big one there. Good play by Tovar. And we have a time. Cass City. That is their second. Timeout Cass City with 2.50 remaining in the second quarter. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network.
250 remains in the first half. We still have yet to see a score. Cassidy faces a fourth down and six and a half to go from the Sandusky 31-yard line right, left right across your radio. Yeah, both defenses answering the call. Sandusky 0 for 1 on fourth down. Cassidy 0 for 2 on fourth down so far. One to the left, two to the right now. Man in motion. We have flags flying. And this could be a false start on Cassidy. And indeed it is. As looks like the center was pump faked on it, as we, if you want to call that. Ken Delantis with the call in our ears here. Red ball. False start. Number 50 on red. Five-yard penalty. Still fourth down. Ken Delantis earning his $0 pay tonight. As he goes for the pump fake, and it's now instead of fourth and six, fourth and 11. Yeah, as, uh, they had nobody nobody in the backfield. They bring number one, Cohen Sherman, in motion, and that play doesn't even get off. But now that's exactly um, what's happened in this game for both teams. At third down and short, fourth down plays, creating these self-inflicted wounds to go from fourth down and manageable, now fourth down and long, fourth S down and 11. Same play here out of the shotgun, rolling to his right, looking downfield. The lefty now lets it fly. He's hit as he throws, and this one's going to be intercepted at the eight-yard line. Going the other way is Tyler Bush, the quarterback. And on a fourth down, intercepts it, and you're going to get it down at the 23-yard line. So Kansas City can't do anything with the turnover in their favor. Sandusky receives the turnover on the interception on a fourth down, and now Sandusky's back on the field. 0-0 ball game, two minutes and 40 seconds left in the first half. Kansas City and Sandusky all nodded up still. Yeah, and that, and that's a situation where on fourth down and long, you do just got to throw the football down the field because worst-case scenario, you hope that Sandusky intercepts the ball. That's a, it's a good defense, but that's a mistake by Tyler Bush. You just knock that ball down and take and take the field position at the 36-yard line with a turnover of downs. By intercepting the ball, now they take over closer to their own 22-yard line. They lose yardage on the interception. It looks good in the stat book, but doesn't help your team. Out of the shotgun, it's going to get quarterback keeper down to the 25-yard line for a two-yard gain before Tristan Gruber stops him in his tracks. Second down, eight upcoming for Sandusky as the clock rolls under two and a half to play here in the second quarter. 0-0, no score. We've had three turnover on downs, one punt, one fumble, and one interception in this game. Yeah, it's, it's been evenly matched as you're going to get, and both defenses doing well. Sandusky has held up extremely well. The game plan has been excellent, and with two minutes, ten seconds to go here in this half, I, I got to think Sandusky is quite satisfied with this score. They are in no hurry to turn it upfield, and I, I still imagine they're not going to get overly aggressive here. If they can get a big run, great, but I think they're just going to try to run their offense until this half's over. Out of the shotgun, Tyler Bush hands it off to Carter Krause, and he fights for everything he's got down to about the 28-yard yard line. Tackle made by Tristan Gruber as well as Kellen Levine. Linebacking core there on the stop. Third down in mid-range, third down at five. Upcoming for Sandusky. 95 seconds left. And Coach Jacobson here absolutely trying to burn as much clock as possible. He does not want Cass City to have one more shot here before the half. Uh, so again, not being aggressive here at all. I think he's absolutely satisfied taking a 0-0 score into the half and making sure no more offensive best possessions for Cass City, but it starts right here on third down and five. If you can come up with that, you control the, the ball for the rest of the half. Two receivers to the left, wing back to the right. Now he's in motion, and it's a screen pass to the near side. It's brought in by Jackson Rankey at the 25, and he's met immediately for a three, maybe two-yard loss. Carter Patrick on the stop, as well as Tristan Gruber runs out there to meet him for the two-yard loss on the reception, and we have a timeout called by Cass City, their third and final timeout of this first half with 57 seconds left. Sandusky's gonna be facing a fourth and seven. 
Yeah, I would call a timeout too. I would have called it 10 seconds ago, though, saved a little more clock. But nonetheless, because you want to, you want to force this team to make this punt. How many times have we seen at this level where it's a bad snap or it gets blocked? Uh, so again, preserve as much time, uh, bring on the run, the punt team, try to rush, make a block, make something happen, and uh, maybe you can find a way to jumpstart your team going into the half. 57 seconds left in the second quarter, 0-0. Cassidy calls their third and final timeout. As the memories flow into your mind of the Chicago Bulls of the 1990s. Kendall Anthes, he took that personally. He watched The Last Dance on Netflix. If you have not, take yourself a weekend and blast right through it. It's a phenomenal series. And if you're getting other Netflix recommendations from Clark Ramsey tonight, there's a great two-part series. It's called Fear City. It's about the mafia gangs in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Then they just came out with a second series to that of John Gotti. you got, you got to save it for the, uh, the halftime show because we don't have a lot of scoring plays to talk about. <laughs> Sandusky brings out the punt team with 57 seconds left. Bad snap. It hits the turf. And Tyler Franzel's blocked at the one-yard line. He jumps on it. He's going to run it now. He's going to try and run for his life, and he is horse-collared down at the 16-yard line. There's the flag. So, let's recap for you. The snap was low. It barely got back to Tyler Franzel. On a second bounce, he finally scooped it up, tried to punt it. He gets blocked. It gets blocked all the way back to the one-yard line by two maroon jerseys. He then scoops it up, runs it down the field, and he's horse-collar tackled at the 16-yard line, out of bounds. And this is, is going to be an automatic first down on the horse-collar. That is a turn of events that went from Cass City nearly scoring on a defensive block punt all of a sudden, it's Sandusky first down. Yeah, and keep in mind, when the two Cass City guys jumped up and blocked that football, they went right to their feet, and both of them turned 180 the other way looking for the football and can't find it. If they were able to fall on it, that play ends, and it's first and goal from the one. Instead, a heads-up play by the punter. He's able to bring the ball out of there and down the sideline. So we wait to hear from Derek Woodworth, the white cap tonight for this officiating crew. He's probably collecting his thoughts, trying to figure out how exactly he's going to describe this one. So it's going to be marked off from the 17-yard line. That put him out to the 32-yard line from the spot of the foul, 15 yards out. That would be short of the first down marker by about two yards. However, I do believe that is an automatic first down on the personal foul. Horse collar. If it's a, if it's a personal foul, it's an automatic first down. So we're waiting here with 47 seconds left here in the second quarter. Sandusky likely receiving a first down here. As the officials are doing the Detroit hustle out there at the 25-yard line. Okay, they're saying from the original from from the from the original line of scrimmage. So from the 26 all the way out to the 41. Should have been a spot from the foul which was back inside the 20. Regardless, though, it doesn't quite matter, frankly, as both offenses have been stymied by the defense from both teams. And on offense, it's self-inflicted wounds. They've committed too many penalties in, in important situations to keep drives alive. And as they sort this out and explain it to both coaches, they're marking the football down at their own, at Sandusky's own 41-yard line, which will be a first down with 47 seconds to go in the half. And looks like, okay, here we go. Personal foul, horse collar tackle, number 62 on red. 15 yards from the previous spot. 
First down. Okay, so it's it's 15 yards from the or, the original spot, which is why they're out to the 41-yard line. As Tavis Osendowski is doing a little extracurricular exercise, leaping down the sidelines. First and 10 for Sandusky. is a handoff to Carter Krause. He goes nowhere. He's actually going to be stopped at the original line of scrimmage by a platoon of Red Hawks leading the way. Luke Shearhart, defensive tackle for the Red Hawk defense. No game to play. Second down and 10. Clock under 30 seconds now. Second down and 10. Sandusky doesn't need to run a play here. Yeah, good defense by Cass City. They're able to kind of weather the storm of what just happened in the last couple minutes, and they stop Carter Krause right at the line of scrimmage, and uh, the Wolf offense has... Looks like no ambition to run more than maybe one more play here before we go to halftime. A wild and crazy first half here that results in no points. Tyler Bush under center for the last play of the first half, and it's a handoff to Jackson Ranky. He stopped at the 40-yard line for a tackle for a loss. Goes in the hands of Trevor Teachens for City, And that is how the first half will end. After 24 minutes of play, no points between City and Sandusky in the first week of the postseason. It's the MHSA Division 7 District Semifinals, and we have no score. 0-0. Cassidy and Sandusky all square after 24 minutes of play on the WLW Sports Network. Hang tight. We'll have quite the halftime show for you. Dave is going to go methodically through these scoring plays in that first half on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. 75 years ago, Ramsey Funeral Home opened its doors and has been there for your family ever since. And that's because in 1948, Burton Ramsey began Ramsey Funeral Home with the mindset of our family serving yours. Fast forward three quarters of a century, and our motto is still our family serving yours. Three generations from Burton Ramsey to Warren Ramsey and Ryan Ramsey, and we have no intention of changing the way we do business. And not so much business, per se, but service, care, and heart. Death is never easy to deal with, and it's never convenient. But when you put your trust in Ramsey Funeral Home of Harbor Beach, you receive 75 years of experience that can help you navigate your life before, during, and after the loss of a loved one. So on behalf of the entire Ramsey family, thank you for trusting us when it matters the most. And join us as we proudly celebrate 75 years of serving you at Ramsey Fear Home. For more information or to view obituaries or even order flowers, go to RamseyFH.com. After two quarters of play, we have no score between Cassidy and Sandusky. That's exactly how the playoffs are supposed to be. Hard-fought, cont close contested games, and that's exactly what we've been treated to through the first 24 minutes. Right now, we listen in to our halftime festivities as the marching Redhawks are on the field with their halftime performance tonight.
listening to the WLW Sports at the half. When we return, we'll have your first half recap. We can't say scoring plays because it's the first half recap right after this on the WLW Sports Network. Cassidy Marching Man sounds excellent today. It's halftime from Cass City, Michigan, and we have ourselves a 0-0 ball game between the Red Hawks and the Wolves. Dave Hansen, why don't you tell us about our scoring plays in that first half? All right, Clark, here they come. Are you ready? Ready. All right, that's as long as I can go. Thank that, you. That, that is all your scoring plays, Clark. Thank you. Thank you. You were, you were, you were thought about jumping at seven seconds. The, the, the agreement was ten seconds of silence. I didn't want the station calling wondering what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll take you through line by line. Sandusky started the ball, marched 11 plays down the field for 58 yards and resulted in turnover and downs as they stall out at the Cass City 23-yard line. Cass City then gets the ball. And they march 32 yards down the field to the Sandusky 45 before they turn it over on downs on five plays on that drive. Fouled by Sandusky. They punt it after a three-and-out punt. Cass City, though, returns back into the field. They start at their own 25, and they end at the Sandusky 41 on a turnover on downs after seven plays of 34 yards. Then Sandusky puts together a seven-and-a-half-minute drive on 13 plays, four first downs, two for three on third downs, 54 yards off the, across the board, and then they fumble it. And Cass City returns to the Sandusky 35-yard line before Cass City then marches from the 35 of Sandusky, and then they throw it downfield, and it's intercepted on fourth down. Sandusky gets the ball back, and then the rest of the half is over, and we have ourselves a 0-0 ball game after 24 minutes of play. Sandusky with 92 yards, Cassidy with 71 yards. Sandusky with 29 carries for 94 yards and one fumble. Through the air, one for four for negative two yards for Tyler Bush. Cassidy, 13 carries, 69 yards. Through the air, one for three for two yards and one interception. For the Red Hawks, lead the way, Tyler Cumper, one carry for 24 yards. Landon shot five carries, 23 yards. Then Cohen Sherman with 11, Riker Wallace at nine, and Carter Patrick, two yards. Sandusky's led by Chase Green with seven carries, 42 yards. Jackson Ranky, eight carries, 32 yards. Carter Krause, 10 carries, 25 yards, and he has the fumble. Tyler Bush, three carries, five yards, and Tyler Franzel, one carry for a loss of 10. Danny Tovar, zero receptions on two targets. Jackson Ranky, one reception for a loss of two on two targets. Kellen Levine leads the tackling for the Cassidy defense with seven. Tristan Gruber, six tackles, including two tackles for a loss. Tyler Kumper, five tackles and one fumble recovery. Riker Walls, four tackles, one tackle for a loss. Carter Patrick, three tackles, one tackle for a loss and one tip pass. And Dylan Berger, one, two tackles on the night. Sandusky's defense, 15 tackles, one tackle for loss, and one interception. Jackson Ranky, Danny Tovar, Tyler Franzel, Ethan Viscogliosi, and Brendan Essmaker, each with two tackles. Carter Krause with one tackle, one tackle for loss for Danny Tovar as well. Dave Hanson, your thoughts? 
Well, I, like I said, a pretty evenly matched team. We knew it would be even, but I didn't know if it would be this even. Um, but I personally, I think Sandusky Wolves had the better half. I know the score is 0-0, so that point is a little bit irrelevant. But Tyler Kumper on the first carry of the game for the Red Hawks uh, took that end around for 24 yards. After that, the Cassidy offense was able to muster a grand total of 45 yards the rest of the half. Uh, that That is just not good. And, again, both these defenses are playing well, but at least Sandusky was almost doubled their total, about 100 yards in all-purpose yards there. But Chase Green come out running early. Uh, Carter Krause had a couple good runs. Jackson Ranke had a couple good runs. But when it came push to shove, Sandusky drove the ball down the field, got into the red zone twice, and then on fourth down and one, they commit a false start penalty and then turn the ball over after that. And that's a mistake that young teams make. You can't make that in week 10, first round of the playoffs, but that's what younger teams do. And Sandusky, after a couple of years of missing the playoffs, uh, this is where they want to be, and you cannot make those mistakes. Sandusky did uh, and let Cass City off the hook. Cass City fortunate that they're not down in this game. Um, but uh, again, an evenly matched game. I fully expect we're to the point now, first score wins this game. I don't know if it'll happen in the third quarter, the fourth quarter, it'll if it'll even happen before midnight, Clark. But somebody is going to have to score in this game to win. And right now, I couldn't tell you who it's going to be. It is that close. Other area scores will start out in the other side of this district, and that is Millington and Lakers at halftime. It's Millington leading Lakers 13-0. It was 6-0 at the end of the first, 13-0 at halftime. Millington over Lakers in Millington tonight. Division 8, eight minutes left in the first half, and it's ugly leading Burton Bentley 41-8. to It was 20-8 to at the end of the first quarter there. Now 41-8 to before the half is over, ugly leading. Harbor Beach leads Marlette in the second quarter, 15-0. It was 7-0 at the end of the first quarter. It's now 15-0, Pirates over the Red Raiders in the second quarter in Harbor Beach. Brown City and Carson City Crystal in Division 1 of 8 player tied 14-14 at the end of the first quarter. It was 14-0. Carson City Crystal over Brown City. Brown City responds with two scores. And Kingston blanking Merrill, 30-0 in the second quarter. It was 14-0 at the end of the first quarter in favor of the Cardinals of Kingston, the home of Biagios. 24 minutes have played here. 24 minutes to go between Cassidy and Sandusky. Dave Hansen, what do the two teams need to do differently in the second half to get on the score and get on the scoreboard for the first time? Commit less penalties. Okay. You commit those those self-inflicted wounds at, at important times. It happened once to Sandusky, or uh, excuse me, once to Cassidy, twice to Sandusky on important situations. Third down and two. Now it's third down and seven. Those are things you just can't do. Sandusky had him right here, looking, staring at the goal line about the five-yard line, fourth down and one. They call timeout, get the play they want, commit a penalty. You just can't do it, and we'll see which of these teams make those corrections and can get a drive into the end zone. Sandusky goes for the squib kick and down to about the 35-yard line before he's brought in by Cassidy with ease and gets out to the 39-yard line. That was number seven on the return. Trent Patrick, the junior, backup quarterback and younger brother of Carter Patrick. 11.56 left in the second quarter. We're on to the second half. And Cassidy and Sandusky still trying to find the end zone for the first time this evening. Cassidy, right to left across the radio on offense from their own 39-yard line. And there won't be a lot of changes in that locker room. It's, it's going to be a, a refocused conversation, a disciplined conversation. Uh, do your job, and we will get first downs. We will get in the end zone. Carter Patrick out of the shotgun, hands it off to Landon Shot, breaks out his first tackle, and it takes a three white jerseys to stop forward progress at the 47-yard line. First man on the spot for Sandusky's defense, Danny Tovar, this cornerback. And junior for the Wolves. 
11.40 and counting in the second quarter. Still no score. Second down in two for Cassidy. Good start to the second half. Yeah, trying to jumpstart their offense by spreading things out a little bit. One running back in the backfield, keeping quarterback Patrick company. A couple wide receivers to the left, and they run what a zone read or a read option without the read, without the keep, really. That was a design run to land a shot. And uh, with the spreading out of the Sandusky defense, leaves a little room up the middle and a good gain on their first play. Man in motion, that is Cohen Sherman. He gets the jet sweep. He's across midfield and into Sandusky territory at the 47-yard line for a gain of six. Tackle made by Sandusky's Danny Tovar for a second straight tackle. Move the chains for the Red Hawks to start the second half. First and 10 from Sandusky territory at the 47. At Cassidy, sticking with a little bit of a spread look. Uh, no running backs in the backfield. Couple receivers to the left. And then the other backs are covering up the tight end, so they run a jet sweep. Very interesting to note. Two receivers to the left. Sandusky put three defensive backs out there, so taking a guy out of that defensive front leaves him vulnerable for the run. And here goes Cohen Sherman in motion again. And they're going to get a quarterback keep for Carter Patrick. He has room to run. He's spun down across the 40 for an eight-yard gain. As Sandusky's Danny Tovar with yet another tackle, third in a row. And Carter Patrick gets the offense kicking here with an eight-yard pickup on first down. Second down, two to go now from Sandusky's 39. Again, I'm going to assume that that was read option because, again, they bring Cohen Sherman in motion. They let him hand it off the first time. That time, they sell the handoff, keep it for themselves. The quarterback runs right up the middle. And that defense spread out, covering them receivers, giving them respect. They do a great job, get a nice run by Patrick, an eight-yard gain. It's a handoff to Landon shot. He's out for the running, has uh, crossed the 30-yard line, stumbles his way all the way down to the 28-yard line before he's finally stopped by Tyler Bush, the free safety out there for the Wolves. Cass City's offense awoken from their slumber at halftime, and now they're marching down the field first and 10 from the Sandusky 28. Yeah, not uh, doubling down too long. They get a couple big plays and then right back to the tee. And now Sandusky has to try to get back tight again to stop that running game. And Landon Shot makes him pay with a nice run on first down. And now back to the spread. One receiver to the right, three to the left. Man in motion. And it's going to be Cohen Sherman on the jet sweep to the near sideline. Down to the 25 and lowers his shoulder to the 20 and pushes his way forward all the way down to the 19-yard line. For a nine-yard pickup, Jackson Ranky on the stop for Sandusky defense. Short of the first down marker by a yard, but second down, just one yard to go. Kansas City's offense now getting yards in chunks. Yeah, that was a good run, but that run is set up because Tyler Kumper and Riker Wallace, a couple other backs, are out there at the wide receiver position, and one picks up the linebacker and one picks up the corner and makes a wall for Cohen Sherman to run behind. Great blocking by those other backs. So he's... Landon shot, run up the middle. He breaks out of that one. Barry Sanders his way around the left side and gets down to about the 18-yard line. And he has enough to move the chains. Tackle made by Danny Tovar as Landon shot literally hit the back of his line, bounced off it, ran backwards, and came back around the left side to move the chains for the Cassidy Redhawks. At 72, Carter Moschke has him in the backfield. He's the one that forced him to spin all the way around back. And uh, just a heads-up play by Landon Shot. He spins around, nowhere to go, uh, regathers himself, finds a little opening, and dives ahead and is able to get that hard-fought yard or two that he needed. And another first down for the Redhawks here, fresh in the third quarter. Two wide to the left, one to the right. We have a man in motion. We have whistles and a timeout called by Sandusky with 8.32 remaining in the second, or excuse me, in the third quarter on the WLW Sports Network.
8.32 remains in the third quarter. Still scoreless ball game between Sandusky and Cassidy and the WLW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Benke, and Kendall Anthus with their call tonight. Mr. Intangibles tonight. He's ran down, adjusted our microphones twice tonight, put the rain sleeves on him, and it stopped raining just like that. Start his new nickname, Moses. First and 10 for Cass City. Carter Patrick on the keeper, and he's ripped down in the backfield by Luke, or excuse me, by Bryce Kiley, defensive tackle sophomore for the Sandusky Wolves. No gain in the play. Second down and 10, still from the 17 of Sandusky. You don't like burning timeouts on defense, but that is a veteran coach <laughs> needing to make an adjustment on defense, and that worked perfectly. Is when he saw Cassidy come back out with that empty set, he knew it was a jet sweep with a quarterback option to keep it. He called timeout, adjusted his defense, and it works right away as the quarterback keeps it, goes absolutely nowhere, led by Bryce Kiley making the tackle right at the line of scrimmage. Two to the right, one to the left. Carter Patrick in the shotgun, landed shot off his right hip, throwing downfield to the far sidelines, brought into the 13 yard line by Tyler Kumper. He has stepped out of bounds very close to that first down marker. It's going to be gain of about nine in the play. My guess is this is going to be a third down in less than a yard to go. Third down, a yard to go for the San, for the Kansas City Red Hawks deep into Sandusky territory. Still 0-0. Good job there by Carter Patrick. He reads the whole field. He doesn't stare one receiver down. He starts left, looks to his right. He finds Tyler Kumper, just settles down about six yards down. He plants his foot and delivers the ball on the spot so that Tyler Kumper can turn up field and make this very close. Landon shot gets the handoff. He gets the first down. He's all the way inside the five. Finally brought down to the four-yard line by Tyler Franzo, linebacker senior for Sandusky Wolves. First in goal to go for the Kansas City Redhawks. Knocking on the door for the first time tonight from the Sandusky four-yard line. Good play there. You needed just a yard. It's back to the tee. And trust that your offensive line is going to be more physical than the defensive line. And I give it to Landon shot. Let him finish off the job. And it's first and goal now inside the five for the first time tonight for Cass City. Wing tee to the right. And it's a handoff to Landon shot. And he gets all the way down to about the one-yard line. A gain of three on the play. Stop made by Danny Tovar, who's racking up the tackles this second half. He has seven tackles now. That's, excuse me, eight tackles. Six tackles in the second half already. Second and goal to go from the one-yard line. Uh, Cassidy, though, has, has shaken free of the cobwebs, the haymaker that Sandusky threw at him in the first half. They have regained their footing and looking to score here now in second down and one. Quarterback keeper and Carter Patrick scores for the first time tonight for either team. Cassidy is on the board first, and it took nearly 30 minutes to do so. 6.53 left in the third quarter, and the Cass City Red Hawks have taken the first lead for either team tonight. It is 6-0, Cass City leading Sandusky with a two-point conversion on the way. Well, and just as important, this two-point conversion could be a difference maker, Clark, so we'll see what the play call is here. But 6-0, they take the first lead of the game. That is crucial, but getting the two-point conversion ensures that it stays your lead no matter what happens on the next possession. Quarterback keeper Carter Patrick is at the one-yard line. He's going to have to lunge out to the mark him in. The side judges are coming in. It's going to depend on where they spot this one. Looks like he's just short unless this pile clears otherwise. Two-point conversion fails. It is 6-0. Kansas City leads as the tackle was made by Sandusky's Brendan Esmaker. 6-0. Kansas City on the board first with 6.53 left in the third quarter on the WLW Sports Network.
Caldwell back on the ranch. The kick comes all the way down to the five-yard line. It is hits the Sandusky player back at the five, and then he has to go pick it up at the one-yard line. That's Carter Krause, and he's down at the five again. So Sandusky with a 95-yard field in front of him, facing a first and ten deep in their own territory. And a 6-0 lead for the Cassidy Red Hawks after Cassidy marches down the field 11 plays and 61 yards, taking 5 minutes and 7 seconds off the clock. Yeah, that is, that's a tough break there for Sandusky. That's a, a long kick, and it's a line drive, and it takes a nasty bounce on Carter Krause. He's unable to handle it, but he touches it, so he's got to field it. He fields it at about the two, and then he is completely mauled down at his own five and long field ahead now for the, for the Wolves. It's a handoff to Chase Green before he's stopped very quickly by Cal Levine at the five-yard line for no gain. Cass City coming alive here in all phases of the game. Six and a half to play in the third quarter. It's Cass City six, Sandusky nothing. Second and ten for Sandusky, their own five-yard line. Yeah, Cass City's had more of the bend, not break defense so far tonight, but now momentum has changed. The home crowd is alive again after that first score of the night by Cass City. And now after that special teams debacle by Sandusky way back in their own territory, it's second down ten from their own five. And now you can see that Red Hawk defense starting to feast on this running game. Tyler Bush from under center pitches it out to his right side to Jackson Ranky has a lead block cuts up field at the five he's still on his feet at the 10 and he's tackled out of bounds onto the track all the way out to the 13 yard line nice run there on the pitch from Jackson Ranky out to the near sideline tackle made by Tyler Cumber and instead of a third down and long it's a third down and two and a half that's a great play by your running back, number one, is Jackson Ranky. That is a pitch. He's on an island. He takes that pitch. He's two yards in his in own end zone. zone. And uh, Luke Sherhart is right there on the two-yard line, blocking an offensive tackle into the backfield. Jackson Ranky's got to maneuver around that. And then after that, it's Cumper and Wallace out there trying to make a tackle. And Jackson Ranky, just too shifty, gets to the sideline and gets a much-needed eight yards on that play. From the tee, it's another handoff. This one to Carter Krause. He's out to the 15-yard line, and this very well might... They're saying fourth down, tackle made by Riker Wallace. They're marking him just shy of the 15-yard line, less than a yard to go on fourth down. Do we see Sandusky go for it this deep into the territory of their own? Well, this, this is uh, where a veteran coach has a play call for this on any part of the field. You see this on Saturday or Sunday, they're punting the football, but in high school football, I'm going for it. This is the playoffs. I only need an inch or two. I'm going for it. From their own 15-yard line, fourth and a foot to go for the Sandusky Wolves. Trailing Cassidy, 6-0. Five minutes and 15 seconds left in the third quarter. Straight team is going to be quarterback push right up the middle, and he got it quite handily all the way out to the 16-yard line when the dust settles from this beautifully groomed field. First and 10 for Sandusky, converting on fourth down. That play, though, was made on second down when Jackson Rankin saved this series so far by getting that hard-earned eight yards to make that play manageable. Fourth down an inches, quarterback sneak. You should be able to get the yard you need because you're going on your snap count. And uh, that's exactly what happened there as Tyler Bush is able to take it on their the snap count that they like. Again, no penalties in those important situations. You fall forward, you get your yard, and a much-needed field position battle won there for Sandusky and a new set of downs here, but still at their own 16-yard line on this drive. Dawson Brown, starting center, leads the Sandusky Wolves to the line. Tyler Bush under center. Hand off to his second option up the middle. Sweep outside. This one is to 
Chase Green, and he's ripped down in the flats by Carter Patrick. Good fakes there up the middle. Breaks out to the outside. Chase Green for maybe a gain of a yard out to the 17. And now it's the second down and nine for Sandusky. Clock rolls under four and a half to play in the third quarter. Six nothing, Cass City. Uh, the fakes were working well for Sandusky there. They had us fooled for a split second, but Chase Green had some momentum around the outside, but cut down by the deep safety. Carter Patrick coming up to help with the running game. Makes that stop after very little gain. Another short yardage or no gain for the Wolves on first down. Tyler Bush once again under center. And off to his right halfback. That would be number two. Carter Cross actually the fullback. And he gets out for two hard-fought yards before Riker Wallace chops him down. And it sets up a third down in seven. They didn't get all the way out to the 27-yard line of their own territory. Again, stifling defense by the Red Hawks. They found a way to foul the football a little better than they did in the first quarter. And suddenly... They're making tackles after very little gains. And now it's third down and a long seven for the Wolves deep in their own territory. And I'd like to tell you that they would like to go for it on fourth down, but they're going to have to get at least five, maybe six on this play to even think about it. Third and seven. And we have flags, and this is going to be a timeout called by Sandusky. As Craig Jacobson wants to talk things over with 317 remaining in the third quarter. Six nothing. Cassidy leads Sandusky in the WLW Sports Network. Seven coming up for the Sandusky Wolves deep in their own territory from their own 19-yard line. Receiver wide each way. Bush is still under center. Staying in the pocket, throwing downfield. Right down the middle, and this one's batted down. Pass is intended for Tyler Franzel. And good coverage there from Cass City's Mason Nevitt comes up from the safety position and knocks that one down. And now a fourth and seven upcoming for Sandusky. Good throw by Tyler Bush, but an even better play on defense by Mason Nevick, one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, the wide receiver takes, goes right to the first down marker, plants his foot, and then cuts right to the middle of the field. The throw is on time, but Mason Nevick able to use those long arms, reach in front of the receiver, slap the ball down, and now that makes brings up fourth down and seven. And uh, I know the last time Sandusky brought the punting unit, it was scary, but you gotta go for it. You gotta punt this ball away or trust your defense can hold this Cassidy offense down again. Much better snap. Back to Tyler Franzel. He boots this one away. End over end. Good hang time. It bounces at the 43 of Sandusky and takes a modest bounce out to the 47 before it's down by Jackson Rinke. So Cassidy will start out on the plus side of the field from the Sandusky 47, leading 6-0 with 3.02 remaining in the third quarter. That's big, big time stop there for Cassidy. All momentum's on your side. You've got to take advantage of it. They, they find a way to score when nobody else could in the first half. They score right away to start the third quarter, take the lead 6-0, and then on, send, take advantage of a Sandusky mistake, botching the return on the kickoff, and now their defense creates a stop and gives their offense excellent field position. They're going to start at the 47-yard line already in Sandusky territory, and you can bet they're going to be back into that spread offense look. As quarterback keeper Carter Patrick tries to spin out of a tackle, and he's dropped immediately at the 45-yard line by Sandusky's Danny Tovar with yet another tackle after a two-yard gain for the quarterback keep from Carter Patrick. Second down and eight 
from the Sandusky 45. Clock rolls under three minutes. Cassidy leading Sandusky 6-0 in the Division 7 District Semifinals, the first round of the postseason. Cassidy on that last play, one receiver to the right, two to the left, and then read option with Tyler Kumper in the backfield. Kumper's taken away. Patrick makes the right read, but it's Danny Tovar waiting for him through that gap. That's not the guy you want to be running at if you're a quarterback, and he brings you down after a short game. It's a jet sweep to number one, Cohen Sherman. Goes to the far sideline, and he's tackled out of bounds at the 39-yard line, pushed out of bounds by the other number one, Jackson Rinky. After a seven, eight-yard gain for Cass City. Third down in a short three for the Red Hawks into Sandusky territory at the 39-yard line. Cohen Sherman in motion from that wide receiver spot coming across the formation. The snap is taken by the quarterback, handed off to him in motion. He hesitates, and that stuns the defense just enough, and he jump starts that route again, gets to the sideline, and brings up third down and three. Same formation again for the Red Hawks. Two to the left, one to the right. Carter Patrick on the keeper, and he's chopped down at the 37-yard line. He's going to be, according to the initial spot here, He's going to be short by half a yard. Tangle made by Sandusky's number 52, Bryce Kiley, as well as Carter Krause. Fourth down, a yard to go for Kansas City. Less than two to play in the third quarter. Still leading Sandusky 6-0. One score in this game that came into the third quarter about four, maybe five minutes ago. It looks like they got Sandusky set up at about a half of yard short of the first down marker. And typically, with Carter Patrick under center, what we see is the quarterback sneak here, guys. Lining up in Carter Patrick under center. He's got it with ease all the way down to about the 35 yard line before he's finally brought down by that front line. The tackle made by Sandusky's Ian Viscogliosi, defensive end. Move the chains for, for Cass City on a fourth down conversion on the quarterback key from Carter Patrick. Yeah, so far, spreading out this Sandusky defense has been the answer to the offensive woes they had in the first half. They finally spread them out. All of a sudden, the running game has a little life. They completed a nice pass to Tyler Kumper to start that first drive, and now they get a first down, but back to the tee for the Red Hawks. Landon Shot gets the handoff, and he drags defenders with him all the way inside the 30. Finally brought drop at the 29-yard line by Brendan Esmaker, linebacker sophomore for Sandusky. A gain of six in the play, second down and four upcoming. Cassidy marching methodically down the field, less than a minute to play in the third quarter. I will say, when they've been in the tee, Landon Shot has been very effective for this Cassidy offense. But when you're in the tee and you only have one running back that's effective, eventually it gets taken away. So, again, a nice run on first down by Landon Shot. They get six yards. Can somebody else step up now? And off to Landon Shot again. He leaps through the trenches, gets down to about the 26-yard line, very close to the 25. Looks like they'll give this first down to him. And they're singly move the chains. Tackle made by Sandusky's Carter Krause, but not until after the first down. Stops the clock momentarily with 35 seconds left in the third quarter. 6-0 Cassidy. And a fresh set of downs for them deeper into Sandusky territory, the 25-yard line. Very efficient, very effective offenses. Again, they're, they're doing a better job than Sandusky is on first down. On offense, getting three, four, and five yards. Sandusky's first two drives in this half. They've been getting no gains on those first down plays. Carter Patrick hands off to Landon Shot. He keeps those legs turning all the way until he's down at the 19-yard line by Brennan Esmaker, a sophomore linebacker once again. And that brings us to the end of the third quarter. We stopped the stalemate with a score in that third quarter, and it's now the only score of the game. Cass City leads Sandusky 6-0 at the end of the third quarter on the WLW Sports Network.
12 minutes remain in the district semifinal between Cassidy and Sandusky in regulation. It's 6-0, Cassidy leading. They are in second and four from the Sandusky 19-yard line. It's a handoff right up the gut for the Sandusky offense. Then bottom of the pile, I do believe, is Landon shot. And stop made by Bryce Kiley for the Sandusky Wolves. Short of the first down marker by two yards, a three-yard pickup. Third down and two for Cass City. Just keep feeding your senior running back, your power back, Landon Schott. Uh, three three carries in a row here. And so far, the Wolves have had no answer. And on third down and two, uh, hard to believe they'd give it to anybody else right now. He's been the most efficient back in the backfield out of the T formation. So if they stay in that, in that same formation, which they do, expect more Landon Schott. Carter Patrick hands off to Landon Schott. He has the first down inside the 15, finally dropped to the 13-yard line by Chase Green, as well as Brendan Esmaker on the stop. Move the chains for Cass City deeper into Sandusky territory. First and 10 from the Sandusky 12, leading 6-0. That's a big series for both teams. If you're Cass City, you score here. You almost feel like you've sealed this game off. Your defense has played well. Sandusky has been unable to punch in any sort of points tonight. And same goes for Sandusky. You were able to make a stop here, get your offense back on the field. You have the ball and a chance to take the lead. So big series here for both teams. From the 12 of Sandusky, quarterback keep rolling to his right. Carter Patrick has the lead blocker. He's inside the 10, cuts up, spins at the five, and he's pummeled at the four yard line. Bringing the, the hammer is Tyler Franzel, senior linebacker. The Carter Patrick out for an eight yard pickup. Second down, two to go inside the five. Yeah, but again, First down, getting chunk yards. You want as a T offense, a run first offense, you want to get three yards plus. There's another example. The quarterback keeper designed run. All the running backs become lead blockers. Carter Patrick's able to angle his way to the sideline and get eight yards. Now second down and just two yards to go back into that wing T offset to the left. Wing T to the left is a handoff to the right side to land and shot. Touchdown, Cassidy. 10-09 remains in the fourth quarter, and the Red Hawks tack on their second score of the night, and they lead by two possessions. It's now 12-0, Cassidy over Sandusky with 10 minutes, eight seconds remaining in regulation on a landing shot, three-yard dive. And nice series there by Cassidy, but that drive was set up by their special teams covering the kick, pinning Sandusky deep into their own territory, and then their defense getting off the field and forcing a punt from way back in their own territory. Their offense takes over already in Sandusky territory, and the running game led by Landon Schott is finished off by a three-yard run in a 12-0 game. Two yards according to the spot, and it's another handoff to Landon Schott. Who else? And it's 14-0. Cass City leads Sandusky with 10 minutes and change left here in the fourth quarter on the WLW Sports Network. six remains in regulation, and it's Cassidy out by two scores, 14-0 after an 11-play drive. Four minutes and 54 seconds off the clock, 47 yards in total. Two first downs, one for two on third downs, one for one on fourth downs, and capped off with a Landon shot two-yard dive into the end zone. Landon shot with a two-point conversion makes it 14-0. Cassidy leading Sandusky, and Sandusky returns the ball out to the 31-yard line on a squib kick. They kneel it. 
after bringing it in. First and 10, right to left cross. You're ready for the Sandusky Wolves, trailing by two scores. Hey, it's go time now for this offense. So if you have any sort of spreads, jet sweeps, any ways to try to bust free on this defense, now's the time because you got to have to score twice with just 10 minutes left to go in this game. Receiver wide each way and is a handoff up the gut. And on a second effort, the running back for Sandusky gets all the way out to the 35-yard line for a four-yard pickup. I didn't even see who had the ball carrier on that. Tackle or running back was Chase Green in that as there are so many maroon jerseys around him led by Riker Wallace on the stop. Four down, four yard gain, second down and six. Yeah, that's an impressive run by Chase Green because Kellen Levine, 62, uh, has him right at the line of scrimmage and Chase Green is able to just grind it out, drag his way past him and to force that missed tackle before Tyler Kumper and company, Riker Wallace, come over and clean him up. But nonetheless, it's a four yard gain, hard earned by the running back, Green. Chase Green, 10 carries for 47 yards, leads Sandusky's offense tonight who has a total of 100 13 of the night. And it's a handoff this time up the gut to Carter Kraus. And he's out to about the 37 yard line for two yards. That took about 12 seconds off the clock. Tackle made by Cass City's number 62, Kellen Levine, linebacker. As you know, a Sandusky player slow to get up, that would be Carter Kraus. He took a beating on that two yard game. Third down and four. Upcoming for the Sandusky Wolves, trailing by 14 points. Yeah, plenty of Red Hawks swarming to the football. They have a good beat on it right now because there's four of them there. You mentioned Kellen Levine, Luke Shearhart and company, but two running backs in the backfield. They hand it off to the first one, and he just goes nowhere, fighting for a couple of yards. Third down and four. Two receivers to the left for the Wolves. And a bunch outside the right side of that line for Sandusky. And we have to call a timeout here for the Sandusky Wolves. There's Looks like they did not get the timeout call. It's going to be a delay of game on Sandusky. Instead of a third and four, it's going to be a quick third and nine after a delay of game. Delay of game on the offense, five-yard penalty, still third down. So with 8.32 left in the fourth quarter, it's still 14-0. Cass City leading Sandusky. Sandusky now facing a third and nine from their own 32-yard line. Other area scores, Millington leading Lakers in the third quarter, 27-0, scoring twice in the third quarter. Ubley leads Burton Bentley at halftime, 55 to 8. Harbor Beach leads Marlette in the third quarter, 22 0. New Lothrop over Michigan Lutheran Seminary, 41 to 14 at the end of the third. Kingston leading Merrill, 38 0 at the end of the third as well. Man in motion to the far sideline, looking pass. Tyler Bush throws down the middle of the field, and this one is brought in. No, it is dropped by Tyler Franzel right at midfield. Looked like he had it for a second there. Good coverage there from Tyler Kumper. Well-thrown ball from Tyler Bush facing pressure into the into the pocket as well. Falls incomplete. Fourth down and nine. I'd like to think Sandusky's going for this. Absolutely. Uh, and it was a good throw by Tyler Bush, but even better coverage by Mason Nevick. 27 in coverage there. He's, he's underneath chasing. That ball's thrown out in front of him. He's able to swipe his hand in front of it, but he misses the football, and it's real low, and Franzel dives to the ground. Thought he had it for a moment, but couldn't finish the catch and that ball is going to fall incomplete. Now fourth down and nine, eight and a half minutes to go in the game, down 14. Sandusky's got the punting unit on the field. 8.25 left in regulation. Tyler Franzel gets the punt away. It's a low punt, bounces at the 43 of Cass City, comes down, big bounce down to the 33, and he is brought in by Tyler Kumper and gets out for two fought yards. So flips the fields, and Cass City back on offense, leading 14-0 with 8.17 remaining in regulation. 8-17 to go in this game for Sandusky, punting it away there. Uh, essentially, you are 
begging, hoping, and pleading any way possible to get a three and out, to get your offense back on the field with enough time to have the chance to score twice on this defense. But uh, we'll see what happens here as Cassidy in the second half has found a little bit of an offense that works. They've gone to the spread. They got Cohen Sherman going with some jet sweeps around the outside and read option with Carter Patrick. And once they did that a few times, they went back to the tee, and it's been landed shot all night. From the 36-yard line, it's a handoff to Landon shot up the gut down to about the 39-yard line for three yards. Clock continues to roll. Tackle made by Tyler Franzel, senior linebacker for Sandusky. Second down in seven after a three-yard pickup for Landon shot and the Red Hawks as the clock rolls under eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. 14-0 Gas City. Yeah, and that tee with the uh, third back off to the side. It's they get in that formation. If you're Sandusky, you you in, you're in gambling mode. You have to come up with a stop. And I think the last as many carries as I can figure, six, seven carries have all been landed shot. So again, you have to you have to almost gamble and bet that shot's going to get the football. He goes right up the middle. He very seldom kicks at the outside. If you're the Wolves, you got to gamble a little bit, get in there and try to stop that play. Sandusky's had two drives of offense in the second half. Both resulted in punts. That second one, a three and out punt. Gives the ball back to Kansas City. Second down and seven from their own 39. Hand off to Riker Wallace. Cuts outside. He breaks out, tries to break out of his tackle, and gets all the way down to the 44-yard line. Give me a gain of a good sizable chunk there. Gets two yards short of the first down marker. Third down and two upcoming from the 44. Gain of five on that play. Seven minutes remaining for regulation. Third down and two for Cass City. Yeah, so Cass City with two running backs in the backfield shot and Riker Wallace. They have Kumper out at wide receiver to kind of split up the T, spread out the defense. And Sandusky putting a wide a defensive back to cover him. And then Danny Tovar kind of in the slot to help out the passing game has opened up the running game. And that time Riker Wallace has a nice run. Third and two, and it's a handoff to Landon Shot. Who else? He moves the pile and all the way out to midfield when all said and done for a six yard gain. Ethan Viscoglios, he got a free ride there from Landon Schott. Move the chains for Cassidy from midfield. First and ten. Six and a half to play in the fourth quarter. Leading 14 over Sandusky, who's scoreless. And when Landon Schott gets moving, he is tough to stop. And he gets grinding, following those big bodies up front. Pushes forward, gets plenty enough for a first down. And that is devastating for the Wolves as another couple minutes are going to be drained off this clock. Ball down at midfield. Sandusky trails Cass City 14-0 with 6-10 to go in the game. Left to right across the radio. Riker Wallace gets the handoff. He's out for the running down to the 35, to the 25, the 15, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Riker Wallace. But there's a flag back to the 45-yard line. And more than likely, this one is going to be called back. And no points potentially here for the Red Hawks. Thrown right in the area of holding, typically. And initial signal there. If I have to guess, it's going to be Ryland Cruz, the guilty party. So instead of a touchdown, it's going to result in 10 yards marked off from the spot of the foul, which is at midfield. So instead of a... Holding, number three on the offense. 10 yards from the previous spot, no first down. So instead of a 50-yard score... A loss of 10 on a hold for Cass City. Pushes them back to their own 40-yard line with 6.02 remaining in the fourth quarter, leading 14-0 over Sandusky. About five yards further down the field, Ryland Cruz and a defender, were they were rolling around on the ground. I thought maybe that was where they got the hold, but they're going to get Tyler Kumper in the backfield with that hold. That's a bad penalty because he gets a hold away from the play. Those hurt big time after a big game. 
Instead, it's a landing shot run up the middle for a six-yard gain before he's stopped by Tyler Franzel, senior linebacker for the Wolves. Behind the chain still here, second down, 14 to go for Cass City, but the clock rolls under six as the clock should be rolling here. There we go. So it's 14-0 Cass City's leading Sandusky. Both scores in that second half as Cass City's still in the huddle with 25 seconds still in the play clock. Yeah, another effective run by Landon Schott, but the penalty gives Sandusky a chance to get off the field here as they're trying to just, guess it, just milk as much clock as possible. Uh, the penalty doesn't help, though, because now it's, it's going to be a long ways to get a first down. Second down, 14 to go. Patrick from under center hands it off to Riker Wallace. He gets out for four yards to midfield before he's upended by the Sandusky Wolf front line. Jackson Powell actually comes up from the secondary to make that stop. Gain of four, third down and 10 for, San, for Cass City at midfield, 5-18 remain in the fourth. If Sandusky can come up with a stop here, granted, it might go for it on fourth down regardless, but if Sandusky can come up with a stop, they might have a puncher's chance here in the final five minutes. I, I don't think uh, I don't think Coach Cathrell is going to make this very easy, so I, I'll, this is my thought. If you get five yards or more, Cass City's going to go for it. If it's fourth down and six or longer, they're going to punt it away and try to make them start well back in their own territory. It's a pitch to the right side to Riker Walls. He has two lead blockers. He's going to reverse fields. He's coming to the far sideline now. He has blockers, and the flag flies well away from the play. And Riker Walls has run out of bounds of the 38-yard line by Danny Tovar. But the back judge, with the most impressive throw of the night from his own 20-yard line, threw that flag over 20 yards all the way out to about the 43. That's back-to-back -back throws. Yeah. He called the last one, too. That's Tim Flyham. And credit to his last name there is letting those flags fly tonight. Th those are the plays you're not terribly surprised the whole thing no. happens. That play is supposed to go to the right, completely reverses field all the way back to the left. Black in the block in the backs tend to happen. Personal foul, wide side block, number 66 on the offense, 15 yards from the spot of the foul. Repeat third down. So it's Justin McAlpine, the guilty party, the right tackle starter senior for this Cass City squad. Pushes him back 15 yards, and now it's going to be a third down in behind the chains again, a third down in 17. They're their own 43, then he get out to the 40 of Sandusky. That's four and a half and counting here in the fourth quarter. Cass City 14, Sandusky nothing. Receiver wide to the left, Cohen Sherman. Two to the right. Carter Patrick in the shotgun with Landon shot off his right hip and his handoff two shot right up the middle. He has the first down. He's still on his feet at the 35. Cuts to the far sideline. And it's a foot race down to the 20, the 15, the 10. Landon shot shutting tacklers all the way down. Touchdown! Touchdown, Kansas City! Landon shot with the 47, 57-yard run. He should have been brought down four or five times. And the weatherman puts it on his back and into the end zone. Landon shot, runs it in the end zone. Holy cow, a 57-yard run for Landon shot. Shades of Marshall oh, Lynch in the playoffs oh, oh, oh. a bunch of years ago. Feed that man the Skittles. Nobody can bring him down. He's got wolf defenders laying everywhere. Can't figure out what happened. And when he gets out in open space, he is a Mack truck. And he is not going down until he scores and secures a three-score lead for the Red Hawks as they take the lead 20 to nothing with 4-11 to go in this game. Two-point conversion on the way. 
Looking like a yard sale out there with the number of jerseys on the turf out there for Sandusky as Landon Shot leaves them in his dust. And now Carter Patrick on the two-point conversion on the keeper. He's in the end zone. Tack on another two points. It's Cass City by 22 points. 4-11 left in the fourth quarter. It's 22-0. Cass City leads Sandusky. Four minutes and change left in the fourth quarter on the WLW Sports Network. Four eleven left in the fourth quarter. And finally, Andy Gray, who we thought was exiled from Cass City territory here, finally shows up. He's the normal announcer. I said someone's clapping like Andy Gray, and sure enough, it's Andy Gray. Happy belated birthday to Robert Banky out there who's listening. Told me to take a drink of water after that little exciting moment to blow this game wide open. It's now 22-0. Cass City over Sandusky. 4-11 left in the fourth quarter. Cass City posting a shutout here. All the points coming in the second half. Kick comes in by Jackson Ranky at the 20-yard line, and he's going to be brought down at the 16 instead. They tried to go with the fake starburst, and he kept it for himself, and he's brought down at the 17. They mark him down there. So Sandusky, with an 83-yard field in front of him, is facing a three-possession deficit with four minutes and five seconds left in regulation. Yeah, devastating. They get the penalty that they needed. Makes up 13 in a mile. They spread it out. Run a handoff to Landon Shot, who has simply been the heart and soul of this offense in the second half, and he explodes through the line of scrimmage, making Wolf defenders miss all over the field, stretching those into the end zone for a touchdown, and now the special teams feeding off that energy, making a big tackle on special teams and a long field to go for the Wolves to get on the board for the first time tonight. Cassidy, season, Cass City facing a spread offense from Sandusky. 4.05 left in the fourth. Bush in the shotgun, throw, looking, rolling to his right, looking downfield, scrambling to the far sideline. He's gonna have to let this one fly or something. He's gonna run it out of bounds for about a three, maybe five yard loss. Back in the 13 yard line as there's maroon jerseys all over him. Leading the charge was number 66, Justin McAlpine, defensive tackle on the senior. First and fifth, second down, 15 for Sandusky. Tyler Kumper had good coverage on Danny Tovar. And they, they wanted the double move. They wanted the, the hook and deep down the field. When Tovar spun around to catch a curl route and then kept spinning around to go down the field, Tyler Kumper had soft coverage. He did not fight that and bite on that play. He did not sell by the fate by the quarterback, stays with him, stays behind him, eliminates that play, and when Bush runs out of the pocket, there's nowhere to run. All he can do is run out of bounds and uh, take a loss on the play, loss of five. And a second and 15 from the 13 is gonna become a second down and 20 from the eight yard line as Sandusky was nowhere near getting that playoff in time as they're gonna be called for a delay of game here. Play a game on the offense, five yard penalty, still second down. Second down. Wait for so the line of scrimmage is at the eight. First down marker is just beyond the disc golf course here in Gas City. 3.54 left in the fourth, and we have whistles flying before that snap could get off. And it looks like it didn't even happen. And if you missed our trivia before the game, the disc golf course here is 1,202 yards long on 18 holes. That's a stat you didn't need to know. But you Second, know now. Now you know. 
Second down and 20 for Tyler Bush and the Wolves. Throws it to Tyler Franzel. It's brought into the 16. He pushes forward across the 20 and finally down at the 22-yard line. Brought down by Carter Patrick out of the secondary. Carter Patrick a little banged up to get after making that tackle. So now a third down in six for Sandusky at their own 22-yard line. Three and a half to play in the fourth. Good tackle by Carter Patrick, but even better throw by Bush to his receiver, Tyler Franzel, finds a soft spot in the zone and hits him for a nice completion. That'll bring up third down and six. That's just Tyler Franzel's third reception of the season as Tyler Bush throws it downfield, and that is going to be intended for number one, Jackson Ranky, and he was hit just before the ball got there, but none called from Cass City's secondary. Falls incomplete. Fourth down and six for Sandusky with 3.09 remaining in regulation. Cass City 22, Sandusky nothing. That was pretty close. Uh, Mason Nevick was in coverage there and, and blows that play up, literally blows it up. But it, it, the ball was close. I'm with you. He might have been a hair early, but they are going to let that one go. And fourth down and six with 3.09 left in this game with the Red Hawks leading 22 to nothing. Two wide to the left in the shotgun. Tyler Bush running back to his left. Throws it downfield. And this one is tipped nearly brought in by Tyler Franzel anyway. At the 32, ball was, ball was tipped by Kellen Levine. Went straight into the air. And there was Tyler Franzel to adjust mid-flight. And couldn't bring it in. And that's going to be a turnover on downs. And Cassidy back on offense with 3.03 remaining. In the plus side of the plus side of the field at the Sandusky 21-yard line. Yeah, another good Good strong defensive series for Cass City. Uh, as it appears, they are going to pitch a shutout tonight. 3-0-3 to go in this game. And, uh, again, expect to see some more land and shot here, guys, as they try to run this clock out. What makes you say that? <laughs> He's <laughs> gotten a lot of carries lately. 20 carries, 146 yards. This one's a handoff to Riker Wallace into the end zone. Touchdown. But a flag flies back at the 19-yard line. We have a down Sandusky player as well at the 11-yard line holding his right or his left knee. That is Jackson Rinke. And it looks like it very well might just be a cramp. As who knew that you'd have a cramp in week number 10 when it's 70 degrees at kickoff tonight from Cass City. There's a good chance this play is coming back as that hole was just a little bit too wide. It was like driving through Dallas at night. Holding, number three red. 10 yards from the spot of the foul. Repeat first down. So Tyler Kumpers, he can be called for the hold. And calls back the Riker Walsh touchdown. Seems like every time that Riker Walsh, every time Riker Walsh gets the handoff and scores or gets a big gain, it comes back from a hold or something very similar. So it's now first in 20 from the 29 yard line. 2.53 left in the fourth quarter. Carter Patrick hands it off to Landon Schott. Goes right up to the gut of that Sandusky defense down to about the 26-yard line. Stop made by Ian Viscogliosi, senior defensive end for the Wolves. Gain of maybe four, maybe five, as they're still clearing the pile there. As Landon Schott finally stands up. Line of scrimmage at the 26-yard line, second down and 15. At 2.20 left in this game. Again, Cassidy taking their time. Ten seconds left on the play clock. They'll run that down inside the five before they snap it and continue to milk as much clock as they can. 
Handoff to Riker Walls. He has no one in front of him. This one is going to be a touchdown. Scan the field for flags. Done. Touchdown, Cassidy. 2.04 left in the first fourth quarter. And the Red Hawks tack on their fourth score of the night. It's now 28-0 as they open, blow this game wide open in the second half. And there's a flag well after the play. And this is going to be a personal foul. Unsportsmanlike conduct on someone. a personal foul against Cass City after the play was over. As Riker Walls gets into the end zone on the 21-yard run for Riker Walls. We're still waiting an explanation here. Ball foul. On sportsmanlike conduct, number 60 on red. That penalty will be enforced on the try, 15 yards from the previous spot. So that's Cooper Mallory, called for the unsportsmanlike conduct, left guard as well as nose tackle, six foot one, 205 pounds senior. So instead of a two-point conversion from sneezing distance, this one is a two-point conversion from well social distance. 2.04 left in the fourth quarter. 28-0. Kansas City leads trying to go for tag on two more points. Carter Patrick hands it off to number 25 for the Red Hawks. That would be Will Perry, freshman fullback from that strong pedigree of Perry's that have gone through this program in the past 10 years. Two-point conversion fails. It's 28-0, Cass City leading Sandusky with two minutes and four seconds remaining in regulation on the WLW Sports Network. Two oh four left in the fourth quarter, and Cass City... Pours on their fourth score of the second half to make it 28-0 over Sandusky. 21 yards in two plays. Riker Wallace with a 21-yard run in the end zone. Two-point conversion fails. And Cass City goes for the squib kick. And it bounces at the 38. It may have gone out of bounds, and they say he was out of bounds. No, it is. Oh, he recovered Cass the football City ball. So they go for the squib kick. Danny Tovar was trying to bring it in at the 38. And instead, Cass City recovers with 2.02 remaining in regulation. I think just angling that kick away just to prevent a huge return. That ball hits down the sideline and just kind of pops straight up, knuckles straight up in the air. And at that point, it's just flat-out hustle. It's Tyler Kumper hustling faster than Tovar does to get to that football. I think everybody expected it to go out of bounds, but it didn't. That's why the football is not round. It is unpredictable, and it goes straight up in the air, and it's Tyler Kumper that gets there first to recover the football. So Sandusky won't get an opportunity to get on the board, and I would assume in some way, shape, or form we'll see the genuflect offense here soon for Cass City. Carter Patrick is under center, three-man backfield from the 38 of Sandusky, and there is the genuflect, number one, and we are under two minutes. 28 nothing. Second down, 12 upcoming. As Carter Patrick takes the first knee. 
Well, that might be uh, win number two in a row for Dan Benke in the media round table here, which is going to tie Dave Hansen, each with three wins in the season, in case you're just dying to know the standings there. Just full of good information in the second half. As Carter Patrick takes the second knee, we're down to less than a minute on this next next down. It's now going to be third and fifth, third and fourteen on this knee. Less than a minute to play. Twenty-eight nothing, Kansas City leading Sandusky. If you're wondering in the intensity of this game, if you look down on the the helmets of the front line for Cass City, a lot of especially the center for Cass City, Tristan Gruber, his helmet, the paint is chipping off on both sides of the helmet. That's the intensity from the trenches in this game. It was 0-0 at halftime. It was 6-0 in the third quarter. And Cass City strikes three times in the fourth quarter to make this game a 28-0 shutout over Sandusky in the first game of the postseason. Cass City's season advances and survives to another week. 28-0, Cass City takes out Sandusky to advance to the district championship, more than likely against the Millington Cardinals next week in Millington. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Cass City wins at home, taking out Sandusky. 28-0. Stay tuned. We'll have all of your post-game action to wrap this whole thing up from Cass City, Michigan. Red Hawks win 28-0 over the Wolves. It took 29 minutes before we had our first score of this game. It was 0-0 at halftime. Cassidy would strike with 6.53 left in the third quarter. And they didn't look back. They win 28-0 over Sandusky in the first week of the postseason to advance to the district championship to take on, presumably, Millington. We'll have all the details coming up in 90 seconds right here on the WLW Sports Network being powered by Anchor Valley Services. Cassidy 28, Sandusky 0. just something magical about the postseason and if you're a Cassidy Red Hawk fan or part of the tribe here tonight big win for the Cassidy Red Hawks on their home field everyone's on the field taking it in right now as they advance to the district championship now to take on presumably Millington as they were leading 35 nothing over Lakers into the third quarter Dave Hansen it was 0-0 at halftime how much tells how we got to this final score of 28 nothing you're absolutely right. So if you don't mind, I'm going to start in the third quarter yeah. where Carter Patrick with 6.53 to go in the third quarter punches it in from the one-yard line on a quarterback sneak. Cassidy scores first late in the third quarter on that 
on that one-yard run. Two-point conversion is no good, and at the end of the third quarter, it's just Cass City 6, Sandusky nothing. But in this fourth quarter, that's Landon shot time as he starts the scoring spree with a two-yard run. He also punches in the two-point conversion. Cass City extends their lead 14 to nothing. And then a few minutes later, it's Landon shot again on third down and 17. He busts free, leaving Wolf defenders everywhere. Caps it off with a 57-yard touchdown run. Carter Patrick punches in the two-point conversion. And just like that, it's 22 to nothing, Cass City. And then with two minutes to go, Riker Wallace bursts into the end zone from 21 yards away. The two-point conversion would fail. And that would be your final, the Cass City Redhawks. 28, the Sandusky Wolves, nothing. Cass City had 281 yards on 49 plays, averaging 5.7 yards per play. That's two more plays to Sandusky's 122 yards and 47 plays tonight, averaging 2.6 per play. So Sandusky had two less plays and 159 less yards than the Cass City Redhawks tonight. Both teams with eight drives. Cass City with 10 first downs. Sandusky with eight first downs. Three for 10 on third downs for Sandusky. Four for eight for third downs for Cass City. One for four on th fourth downs for Cass City. Two for four for Sandusky. Time of possession right down the middle. Just 16 seconds separating Cass City and Sandusky when all said and done tonight. The Cass City Redhawks led by the senior fullback, Landon Schott, with 21 carries, 151 yards, and two scores, averaging over seven yards per carry. And carry the ball nearly 50% of the game tonight for Cass City at 47%. Riker Wallace, a sophomore, seven carries and 39 yards and a score. Cohen Sherman, five carries, 32 yards. Tyler Cumper, one carry for 24 yards. And Carter Patrick, 11 carries, including the kneels at the end of the game there, for 24 yards and a score. Carter Patrick threw the air, two for four for 11 yards and interception. Tyler Cumper brought in both of those receptions for 11 yards. Sandusky's offense, 38 carries, 110 yards, and one fumble, no score. On the ground, no scores through the air as well. Two for nine through the air for Tyler Bush for 12 total yards. For 47 plays for 122 yards. Chase Green leads the way for Sandusky and 10 carries, 47 yards. Carrying the ball 26% of the time, 24% of the time for Jackson Ranking, Nine carries, 40 yards. Carter Krause, 13 carries and 31 yards and had that fumble. Tyler Bush, five carries for two yards. And Tyler Franzel, one carry for a loss of 10. Through the air, Tyler Bush, two for nine for 12 yards. Tyler Franzel, one reception for 14 yards. And Jackson Ranky Brown, the other reception for a loss of two. Dave Hanson, your thoughts here? Yeah, looking at both of these offenses, remember, neither one of these teams had 100 yards of total offense in the first half. So for Sandusky to limp over that mark and have 120 when the game is over and Cass City to have 281, something happened, and that something was landed shot. Uh, they, they realized, they actually, in truth, it started with a little bit of a spread offense, and they, they got Cohen Sherman going on some jet sweeps. Uh, he kind of moved the chains for him a couple times, and then they would jump into the tee, and uh, the, it seemed like Sandusky didn't get back to that same tight defense they were playing to slow down the tee in the first half, and uh, Landon shot exposed him. He hit him for six or seven, then back out to the spread, and then back to the tee, and then when the fourth quarter came, uh, Sandusky was just wore down. Uh, Cass City was able to run their offense and just feed 22, feed Landon shot the rest of the night, and he rewarded them with a huge second half, multiple touchdowns, and carried this team to victory. That is not taking anything away from how outstanding Cass City's defense was. Sandusky and Cass City played phenomenal defense in the first half. Cass City's continued throughout the game, where Sandusky's eventually tired out and wavered. 
On the defensive side of things, Cass City with 46 total tackles. Seven of those were for a loss. One tip pass and one fumble recovery. Sandusky with 44 tackles, including one for a loss and one interception. Sandusky led the, leading the way. Danny Tovar, the name we said nine times in our tackles, one tackle for a loss. Tyler Franzel and Brendan Esmaker each with six. Bryce Kiley with five. Jackson Rinke at four. And Carter Krause at three. Cass City led by Callan Levine with nine tackles. Riker Wall, seven tackles, including one for a loss. Tyler Cumper, six tackles and one fumble recovery. Tristan Gruber, six tackles and two tackles for a loss. Carter Patrick, five tackles and one tackle for a loss and one tip pass. And Dylan Berger, two tackles on the night for Cass City. So when all said and done, it was a big second half for the Cass City Redhawks, tanking on four scores after halftime, taking a 0-0 juggernaut stalemate in that first half. All of a sudden, about five minutes into the second half, and Cassidy strikes first, and they didn't look back, tanking on three more after that. Sandusky in that second half had a punt, a three-and-out punt, a turnover on downs. That was just three possessions in that second half for Sandusky. Yeah, they, they just lost momentum. They they moved the ball well early, and as the game went on, it seemed like Cassidy made the proper changes on defense to slow down Sandusky's offense, and it worked. And then Sandusky was unable to counter that back, where on the other side of things, it took till halftime, but Cass City kind of found their way, and uh, it, it started with Landon shot early and often. And uh, Again, he took over the game in the second half, and the defense continued its momentum to slow down anything Sandusky threw at him. Other area scores, taking a look here before we get to our Thompson Chevrolet player of the game, or do you want to do that right now, Dave? We can get that right out of the way, right. Clary. Who's it's your pretty, Thompson Chevrolet player of the game? Pretty easy one today, 22 landed shot. Uh, again, it was there was nobody to choose from in the first half. I would have chose a defensive player at half. That's that's what kind of game we had to start. But it was landed shot that uh, found an opening, and the Wolves had no answer for him. He finishes the day with 21 carries, 151 yards on the ground, and two touchdowns. Again, Simply just unstoppable in that second half, especially the fourth quarter, as he helps put this game away for the home team. And one tackle on defense as well. So, Landon Shot, your Thompson Chevrolet player of the game. If you're looking for the latest miles from Chevrolet, look no further than the north end of Ubley at Thompson Chevrolet. Find new roads. Go to GoThompsonChevrolet.com for all the latest inventories. They're showing up daily. So, yes, Landon Shot, your Thompson Chevrolet player of the game. Other area scores will start out in... 11-player Division 7, Sandusky now advances to take on Millington. Millington blanks Lakers 35-0. It was 13-0 at halftime, 35-0 at the third quarter. No score in the fourth quarter, so Millington improves to 10-0 on the season. Lakers finishes at 5-5, losing to Millington. Two of those or two of those five losses for Lakers this year, their first game and their last game against a very tough Millington Cardinal team at 10-0 on the season. And Millington will now host the Cass City Redhawks next week in Millington, probably presumably next Friday, under the lights in Millington, as it's 35-0 for Millington, 28-0 for Cass City over Sandusky. And then we will uh, talk about some eight-player scores here for the moment. Brown City... Comes from behind. They were trailing 14 nothing to Carson City Crystal. They end up winning that one 22-14. So 22 unanswered points for Brown City to take the victory and advancing to the regional championship to take on Kingston, a team they already beat once this season. Kingston beats Merrill 46-6 in the regional semifinal. Kingston over Merrill 46-6. So Brown City and Kingston will meet on the gridiron for the second time this season. Next week in the regional championship, eight-player division two. Deckerville was leading Morris in the fourth quarter 
with what it looks like five minutes and eight seconds left in regulation. These are from Nathan Marks from the Minden City Herald. Deckerville 40, Morris 32. So a, a shootout going on in Deckerville tonight. Bill Brown trying to push his team over the Orioles in the first round of the postseason in Division Two of 8-player football. And that leaves us with Division Eight of 11-player football. Ubley throttles Burton Bentley. It was 20-8 to eight at the end of the first quarter. And then Ubley would just tank on another cool 42 straight points after that point to win 62-8 to eight over the Bulldogs. The Bearcats now improve to 10-0 on the season, go to a yet another district championship game to take on and host the Harbor Beach Pirates, who took out Marlette 28-0. The Pirates tack on a score in each quarter, 7-0, 15-0, 22-0, and 28-0, your final from Harbor Beach. As Harbor Beach blanks Marlette, they beat them 22-6 earlier in the season, now 28-0. And New Lothrop over Michigan Lutheran Seminary. This game was 26-7 at halftime in favor of the Hornets, who are now 9-1 this season. And then they score twice in the second half to MLS's once, actually twice, and it's 41-21. New Lothrop over Michigan Lutheran Seminary. As Ithaca is leading Fowler right now, we do believe this is in the third quarter, 28-21. Those details coming from my uh, good friend Topher Gogan, who is a broadcaster for the Ithaca area. 28-21 Ithaca over Fowler. As Ithaca's uh, fourth score of the night, Ithaca went uh, with their quarterback, lost his helmet on a play, had to sit down, and their backup quarterback came in and shot down an 81-yard pass for the score on the very next play. So the backup uh, quarterback coming in, tacking on that last score for Ithaca. They lead Fowler 28-21. to So Harbor Beach and, at Ubley, and then New Lothrop will host either Fowler or Ithaca. It's looking like Ithaca is going to survive in that one in Region 2 of Division 8. And Millington and Cass City. Dave Hansen next week in Millington in the District Championship in Division 7. Yeah, so again, we wish the uh, the Redhawks good luck. They played well today. Uh, they woke up at halftime there. That that really helped. Uh, they, but they're going to have to play a full four quarters uh, if they're going to want to compete with Millington. Uh, they'll definitely be underdogs in that game. But again, uh, they have nothing to lose. Go down there to Millington and give them your best shot. And uh, you never know. They got to play the game for four quarters. And if Cassidy can play four quarters like they did in the second half, maybe establish land and shot. Uh, maybe they got a chance against Millington next week. And Dan Banky wins the media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet tonight. He took Dan, he took Cass City to win by 22 points, and it was 28 points. He said it was going to be Cass City 28 to six. So the shutout gives Cass City a slighter, smaller, or larger advantage. But Dan Banky takes the victory. He had Cass City winning by 22 points. Dave Hansen had Cass City winning by 18 points. Kendall Landis Cass City by 16 points. Doug Cole by 10 points, and Paul B. Adams by six points. So, Dave Hansen, now we shift our attention to next week's district championship in Division 8. The backyard brawl now returns back to Ubley for the third straight game in Ubley for the backyard brawl for the district championship between the Harbor Beach Pirates and the Ubley Bearcats. Yeah, uh, probably our last chance to cover two local teams in one game, so looking forward to that. Uh, A couple teams we're very familiar with, and uh, I can't wait for that one. Should be a great one. it's been ugly, uh, has been the favorite for as long as we can remember the last handful of years. So I uh, expect more of the same out of that ugly offense. They were outstanding again tonight, 62-8 to over their opponent. They are loaded and ready to go. So 
to say that, though, Harbor Beach is playing their best ball, coming off a big win uh, at home against Beale City and uh, shutting out Marlette. Uh, they said Marlette is, uh, is an above-average football team, but anytime you can shut uh, shut out a team in the playoffs, you, you played well defensively, and that's what they're going to have to do if they're going to keep up with the Bearcats next week. So, Dave Hanson, final thoughts from week number one of the postseason. All right, congrats to uh, both teams. Sandusky had a nice season again. kind of Very good season. They, they really dug this program out of a slump the last couple of years. It was nice to see them back in the playoffs, and hopefully this is a good building block for them next year. And uh, Coach Jacobson has got some good guys around him. I think they'll be just fine next year. And great great, great win by Cass City. They uh, made the right adjustments at halftime. And, uh, again, I uh, hope they enjoyed this game here, and uh, they'll have their hands full of Millington next week. But uh, we wish them the best of luck and hope they can uh, take down a behemoth there in uh, the Cardinals. One final score here, a final score from Ithaca. Ithaca 28, Fowler 27. So Ithaca advances to take on New Lothrop. In New Lothrop, that winner will take on the winner of Harbor Beach Ubley next week. So that is going to wrap things up tonight. Tonight's presentation was brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Agar Valley Services, DS Services of Cass City, Conic Radiator, and Air Condition of Bad Axe, Randy's Hunting Center, North Star Bank, Countryside Transportation, Huron Auto Parts, Hills and Dales Healthcare, More Motors of Carroll, Harbor Beach Community Hospital, Thumb Bank and Trust, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? So on behalf of our entire broadcast team, our intern, and the man who ran down to the field about 16 times for us tonight, Kendall Anthus, our director of sports information, Doug Cole, traveling all the way from Livonia, Michigan for us, Dan Benke, the best spotter in the business, keeping our ears filled with information all night long, our in-game analysis to my right, Dave Hansen, who is 12th season, and next to me, and I'm Clark Ramsey, your producer and host of tonight's game, and all season long, we hope you enjoyed tonight's game, especially if you're a Kansas City Red Hawk, blanking Sandusky 28-0 to advance to the district championship against Millington. Our next game broadcast will be shifting to Division 8 the rest of the way out as the Ugly Bearcats host the Harbor Beach Pirates in the Backyard Brawl Part 2 from Ugly, Michigan. We'll see you next Friday. Good night. This has been a presentation of the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services on Sports Radio 102.1 FM and live and worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search for WLEW Sports. Your home for high school football is the WLEW Sports Network. When it comes to home improvement projects, there are only so many ways to complete the task the right way and about a million ways for it to go wrong. That's where your local Harbor Beach True Value store comes in. A wise man once told me that the key to a home plumbing project is a full tank of gas. So instead of running to that big box store 17 times to figure out what you need on your own while trying to look like you know what you're doing, why not head to your local hardware store that can help you reach your project's finish line? The friendly and experienced staff of Harbor Beach True Value have the knowledge and know-how of how to get the job done right the first time. They know the difference between inside and outside diameters of PVC. They know what questions to ask so that you can save time, money, and the headaches for whatever might be on that honey-do list. So when you're in need of plumbing supplies, HVAC, paint, DNR licenses, yard and garden items, or just that one random nut and bolt that went missing, you know where to go. That's your local hardware store in downtown Harbor Beach at the corner of 1st and State Street, just a block from the main light. Harbor Beach True Value. Locally owned and locally yours.